Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. We're here to talk about Samurai Cop, a 1991 action film starring no one, made by no one. <laughs> Actually, uh, you've done a disservice to the bad guy. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, Robert Zdar. That is true. I'm so sorry, been Robert. In many, many films. Yeah. Some uh, of my favourite films. He, uh, well, bad films. <laughs> not favourite. <laughs> he played the uh, the titular character. That's uh, that's not funny. It's a real word. Um, the title character, if you can't grow up, of uh, the Maniac Cop series. Matt Cordell. Matt Cordell, the Maniac Cop himself. Yeah, that was Robert Zdar. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you if you remember those films. He looked more frightening without the makeup than with the makeup. Also, Bruce Campbell is in that. Yes, he was, yes. Tom, they were great. Tom Atkins, I believe, as well. Yeah, they were great there, especially the first one. was so yeah, good. Rob, Robert Davey as well, I think he took over as, yeah. as the cop in that one. He yeah. was also in there. Was he Tango and Cash? Robert Davey? No, no. no. <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Robert yes, he was, yes. Yes, he was the, uh, he's the guy in prison. And he said, uh, I believe the, the punchline was, what, you broke that jaw. Yeah. Because he's got an enormous jaw. He's got a, he's, to be honest, his face is that of a giant. Yeah. But he's not one. No. And that's what makes it even more weird. And to all you Joe Estevez fans out there, he's also in a film called Soul Taker with a beautiful blonde sort of <laughs> curled wig. Well, I, don't, I think it was actual hair, but it, it looked like a wig. Yeah. Joe Estevez as Pappy. <laughs> one of the crazy credits that I've enjoyed in my past. Uh, Joe Estevez will get a mention in this podcast later on. That is an interesting one. Oh, what a teaser. <laughs> Joe Estevez teaser this, this early on. <laughs> We're spoiling you this week. Oh, that'll keep you hooked. <laughs> uh, as we said, it was made in 1991, directed by Amir Shervan, who was Iranian, I believe. Yeah, yeah, you may know him from nothing else. Although he did make other films. Uh, yeah, you, you were telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, there's another one that I, I really want to see. It's called uh, Killing American Style. Also got Robert Zadar in. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't look as good. So I think Samurai Cop's his best look. Yeah. we, we, we st- to Just point out, he doesn't play Samurai Cop, but in the film Samurai Cop, Robert Zadar, it's got his, the best look I've seen. The first thing you see in this film is Robert Zadar, and uh, actually my first note is Robert Zadar with a beard looks great. Yeah, he's got a beard and a little ponytail. Very, very tiny it ponytail. It is a little ponytail. just hanging yeah. in there. Perhaps, perhaps not worth it, but, you know, it worked for Seagal. He's talking to some uh, some Asian guy. Uh, I have no idea what the hell they're saying to each other. It's something to do with a, a, a drug deal they're about to have, and they give themselves a, a fist bump. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that bald guy, um, I think his name is <laughs> Uncle Mora. <laughs> well, I don't think that's actually true. No, I think it's, I think it's Okinora. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, throughout the notes, I've got him as Uncle Mora. Old Uncle Mora. Yeah, he, he does appear to be quite old. He's also got an unusual little uh, moustache and uh, beard combo. He's, he's legitimate Japanese, of course, uh, and I've, I'm sure I've seen him in other stuff, but without looking him up, which I've not done, yeah. <laughs> I can't give you any direction. If, you, if you've seen it, you'll, you'll recognise the guy. Yeah, he's got a moustache that starts at the corners of his, of his lips. 
Yeah, yeah, there's nothing in the middle. Nothing yeah. at all. It's almost not worth having. Yeah, and uh, they're at a meeting in, I guess it's Chinatown. I'm sure it's not Japan. <laughs> it's got to be in Chinatown somewhere. And um, it's with a guy called Mr. Lee and his, his troops. Mr. Lee doesn't want to work with uh, a guy called Mr. Fujiyama. Yeah, he? yeah, which which is the gang that they're all affiliated with. Yeah. Big Robert. The Katana Gang, as they're known. Yeah, clever. It's clever because it's Japanese, you see. There's a fight scene breakout um, between <laughs> yeah, them because yeah. Mis- because Mr. Lee does not want want any part of the Katana Gang. Yeah, because he's like pretty much dead. He's, he's like about ninety years old or something. <laughs> he's got a little walking stick and everything, and someone else talks for him. That's when we get the first signs of the horrific dubbing that's going to be throughout the film. The there's a. a, a a Japanese guy next to Mr. Lee who says something and it's just it's just a very robotic voice and that's because all of the dialogue was done post-production there was no sound as they were recording and the people that he got to play these characters he couldn't find again to come back and do the recording so he had to do them himself and uh, it, yes. an Iranian man doing a <laughs> Japanese accent you got to love the quality of the productions of these films which is uh, a <laughs> and he and he does all of his own uh, editing as well which is why it sounds so robotic he just put it through one of those robo voice things and just sounds ridiculous and we get our first look at the choreography of the of the gun fight scenes and just just terrible yeah because it starts off just as a bit of a punch up a few stabbings and uh, then they just get guns out and just kill each other and that's, that's the end of that it's pretty just wraps that up nicely yeah, they 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 were had limited amount of uh, realistic looking guns on set. They had to share them out, which is why you, you don't see more than one or two people at a time <laughs> shooting in the same frame. Wow, this is an incredible <laughs> fact. <laughs> um, we cut to uh, the the samurai cop. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's a weird first appearance from him, to be honest <laughs> with you, and. Um, <laughs> they come out of the uh, the police the police headquarters, and he appears to just be wearing a wig, uh, quite an obvious wig, and a, and a baseball cap. Yeah, the, the hat doesn't fit on his head be- just because, because the wig is so so voluminous. Huge. It, it, it's, it is yes, it's very 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 lustrous hair, and uh, clearly not real, which is unusual because he has got long hair. It looks like an action movie version of Wayne from Wayne's World. <laughs> Yes, 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 yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's got a wig on at this point, but he, he clearly has and nobody mentions it. <laughs> I don't, have you got any facts about his wig? I, I absolutely do. do. I was going to say, please, because otherwise what is the point of that? He's got really, he's got long hair. You can see him on the on the cover, you can see he's got long hair. What's the point of wearing a wig that's the same length as his hair? Go. Well, I'll tell you why, Ken. Please do. Seven months after he... I've got this from IMDb, reading it as we go. Seven months after he believed the film to be finished, uh, Matthew Caridas, which is the name of the actor, no who way. was actually called Matt Hannon, I believe, I was before. Say, that wasn't his name. Yeah, he changed it. He cut his hair short before being called back for some reshoots. Oh, uh, Amir Shervan. Shervan was furious and went out to get him a wig, but could only find a woman's wig. <laughs> That looks nothing like Caridas's long hair. Caridas agreed to wear it, thinking all that was left were long shots and pickups. But to his dismay, Shervan still had half the film to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it's just in random scenes he'll just be wearing a wig. 
<laughs> and it is a woman's wig, isn't it? It's like curled at the bottom. <laughs> it's incredible. Wow, what a what a stupid uh, fact for us. I was, I was listening to an interview. It's a recent interview with um, with the guy who plays Samurai Cop, and he was he was talking, saying like he he cut his hair short because like no leading man at that time had long hair like that. You were, you were getting offered Tarzan and things like that, so he cut it short because the the, the director said, "All right, guys, that's a wrap. We'll see you next time." He, by saying that's a wrap, you know that means like it's done. And then he called him back seven months later and said, "We need to. We're carrying on. You're ruining my film." He was very angry at him for cutting his hair short. Ah, oh, dear. <laughs> that's okay. brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, that that is quite, that's quite ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> well, enjoy the wig. See if you can spot it out there. Those eagle-eyed viewers of out there, <laughs> if you can spot when he's wearing a wig. There's a drinking game around the wig. <laughs> is there? Oh, I wish we'd done that. You watch it with a group of mates, and the last person to shout "wig" when you can see he's wearing a wig has to drink. <laughs> That's a good one. That is good, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like to play that. Yeah. I like your story about uh, when you were offered a drinking game at a, a house party. You're like, go on, Ken, you, you go on, drink, have a drinking game with us. <laughs> what, my own drinking game? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my drinking game is uh, drink as much as you like at your own pace. <laughs> Everybody drink at their go. own pace. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my drinking game. If you'd like to try it out there, give it a go. That's and, for all you crazy kids yeah, out there. And you know, think of me when you're doing it. It's <laughs> it's a game I like to play myself, even though even if I'm on my own. <laughs> Especially when I'm on my own. <laughs> I play that game a lot as well. Yeah. We get a play van next. Moving Thanks. On yeah, yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on. We we <laughs> moving on from my sad life. <laughs> Uh, we're following a, a blue van. We, we reckon there's some drugs in the van. Well, there's clearly drugs in the van because it's a very, very noticeable van. Yeah, it's got like flames up the yeah, side or yeah, something. Yeah, some I sort mean, of. That, it, it's pretty much. It's the only van that looks like that. Um, what's his? What's Samurai Cop's name in this? Joe. Joe Marshall. Is it Joe Marshall? I you should have done a bit of research, really. <laughs> I just call him Samurai Cop. I'm just calling him Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop gets in contact with the the chopper above. Yeah, yeah, they they uh, they deploy the chopper. Uh, Peggy, a, a blonde police officer, is in the the passenger seat there, and she's keeping an eye from the sky. Yeah, weird character, Peggy. She is weird. Very weird. I think all the women characters in this are, are weird. Yeah. Though. Yeah, by design, of course. They're following the uh, the chopper, and uh, just for an example of, of Peggy being a bit odd, uh, Peggy says to Samurai Cop... We, 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 let's do this. Let's do this dialogue. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not pleasant, obviously, to do together, <laughs> opposite each other. Do you want to be do you want to be Peggy or Samurai Cop? <laughs> I, I prefer Samurai Cop, to be honest. Okay. So she says, okay, so keep it up. It's up and ready. Yeah. You just keep it warm. <sighs> Yeah. And then she says it's warm and ready and then yeah. smiles and, and, like... and then and then she she glances to uh, the actual pilot of the chopper and smiles and Samurai Cop gives a cheeky little wink to his uh, his partner. And it, you've overstated the the wink there I think. It's not cheeky. It's no, he can it, barely do it. No, it, it it's it's like it's a bit of a troubled wink. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's almost like he's had a stroke. It almost like he, it's almost a blink. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like you know, look, check out our banter. Hang on, on, hang on a minute. Didn't at the beginning though, when when he's got the wig on, because all that distraction with his wig, there is dialogue. And uh, oh man, I was totally distracted yeah, by the wig. Now there's dialogue, and his his partner, whose name is Frank. Frank Washington. <laughs> yes, that's right, Frank Washington. <laughs> no relation. 
to anyone else ever. <laughs> <laughs> They've disowned him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he says to him, look, I'm responsible for bringing you here from San Diego. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, so he, he's not even a local cop. He's yeah. been brought in, especially because of his samurai cop skills, which yeah. we will find out what they are later on. Well, he's been brought in because he can speak fluent Japanese, which we know is absolute bullshit later yeah. on in yeah, the Yeah, he, he proves that later by not having a clue what's going on. <laughs> But yeah, so so he's not even a local cop, but him and Peggy are immediately engaging in a little bit of sexual banter, and uh, they're obviously then trying to wink about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, my question is, they're driving along and they're talking into the radio. They've both got a radio They've as well. They've both got yeah. a radio. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I've written yeah. that. Yeah, they don't seem to be passing each other the radio. No. <laughs> Samurai Cop's got it in his hand at all times, but then you... Whilst you... driving, which I'm not sure if that is protocol. Yeah, and then but Frank's also chatting into the radio as he's talking to Peggy on the radio. So yeah. is there two in that car? Yeah, if you, if you're a samurai cop or a partner of one, and you've got a car with radios in it, you know, let us know. Yeah. Or, or if you fly a helicopter and you call Peggy, let us know. Uh, what I like to do in these as well is I like to just uh, just give you the full picture of what he's wearing the samurai cop. Oh yeah. Now, Ken, can you remember what he's wearing in this film? <laughs> it's uh, well throughout the entire film, isn't it? He's uh, he's picking, a, he's rocking the double denim. Double denim. He's rocking the double denim uh, with a black leather jacket over the top. Yeah, and black cowboy boots. Yeah, and obviously with his lovely, luxurious mane. Yeah, well, and well, some of it's really his, and obviously the other bits are <laughs> beautiful women's hair. I found out later on that um, all the actors supplied their own wardrobe, so we know what he was rocking <laughs> in the eighties. Well, he would, I'm yeah, gonna, he would. no doubt about it. Actually, yeah, he does get changed uh, wearing a full white outfit <laughs> later on. <laughs> he does. He wears he a beautiful white <laughs> yeah. open shirt. Yeah, where he looks equally as beautiful. When he's out stalking a lady, he wears a white shirt. He's an odd-looking bloke. In uh, you know, no offense to him, but. On some in some scenes, uh, he actually does appear to be some sort of like male model with his long hair and open shirt and everything. But on closer inspection, when he gets close-ups, he just He's got serial killer eyes. He just looks very, very yeah. He looks like, kind of like bloodhound eyes, like sad eyes. Maybe yeah. like you know, there's something missing from his life. Beautiful. Mm. There's a, I mean, I don't even think we could do the, the chase scene justice. No, it, it's <laughs> it's awful. They're, they're following a van. Um, they, the helicopter's obviously overhead following the van. They're driving around in what looks to be a totally different place. Um, and uh, the edit scenes are just like, some places look really nice, some places look terrible. Uh, no way near each other. But we keep going to the helicopter. Suddenly people just get in a boat. Um, and then they tell the helicopter just to, uh, you know, look out, just, just just hang back, like like they've not noticed there's a helicopter up in the air, which is obviously noticeable. Everyone looks at a helicopter. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You, if you see a helicopter, you see a plane in the sky, no one cares. But it's a helicopter, everybody looks at it. Yeah, and hot air balloons, but that would have been a ridiculous mode of transport for the police. <laughs> no more ridiculous than the film. <laughs> that would actually have made it more, I don't know. I was going to say more realistic. I'm surprised that wasn't <laughs> a method. Probably wouldn't. I'm surprised that wasn't a method of turning up in hard ticket to Hawaii for the fucking hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got everything else in there. Yeah. Um, there's a really unimpressive fall from the back of the van at one point. Yeah, this is this, during the chase. So obviously the boat bit's finished. The helicopter's sort of still up there, but pretending it's not. 
Uh, nobody seems to have noticed the helicopter, by the way, so it did a good job of uh, hanging back. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're chasing each other. They're shooting at each other very, very close to each other as well. So they're right behind the van uh, shooting, which uh, is, is prompted by the samurai cop who keeps saying, shoot, oh, shoot him. God. I wish I'd made a, uh, yeah. a tally chart of how many times he did say because he says it literally every time before the, the partner yeah. pr- uh, presses uh, pulls the trigger. Yeah, so just before he Frank shoots, shoot. yeah, because he, he doesn't know what to do. He's, yeah. he's hanging out of a window being shot at and he's, he has to be prompted to shoot back. So he, he anyway, he does. And uh, eventually a bloke just falls out the back of a van. <laughs> but it's not even like a, you know, I mean, it's a dangerous stunt and whatnot, but Jesus. Jesus I think Christ. he's been held on to by another man in the back of the van and then he just lets he, go. He and gets he falls. slowly let go of and yeah. he falls very, very just like a sack of shit out of the <laughs> fucking back of the car. And then they run him over. <laughs> yeah, but also then they seem to be miles away from him. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they just run him over equally slowly. Yeah. But they say, look out, look out, look out. And they don't look out and just drive straight over him. Yeah. We assume he's dead. They never look back. Yeah, Frank says, let's call for backup. And then uh, Samurai <laughs> Cop says, we'll call them when we need them. So we know straight away he's he's not playing by the rules. He this doesn't. Guy. He doesn't, even though he does explain police protocol a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of sped up film in this to make the cars look like they're going quicker when it they're going do, around it the... It does look very fast. It looks like they're not breaking for corners at all. Yeah, when they're going around the... You know, they, basically they, it gets to a point where they're in the mountains and it looks like it's all being shot separate days where yeah. one car's just going around corners a lot and then the van is as well. And uh, it's all sped up so it looks like it's very fast but just looks a bit like a Benny Hill sketch at some points. Yeah, if he ever did car chases. Yeah. <laughs> with women. <laughs> Uh, the partner shoots the driver in the neck at this point. We finally get an end to the car chase. Guys, you really need to just, just search this film out and watch it just for the car. We haven't done it justice here. It is just ridiculous. This it's car impossible chase. to describe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just even the music's so 80s, like something from a fucking. Yeah, it's, it's like a little computer game or something. It's. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's great. It, I think it's great. The guy he shoots in the neck is Mexican. He uh, he crashes his van, which for no reason explodes. He crashes it really slowly uh, into a Some in, just in, into a yeah into something like a cliff or something in, into a wall, very yeah. grassy cliff, and uh, just blows up. Instantly blows up. <laughs> it explodes, of course. He walks out fully on fire, um, <laughs> and he's changed his skin tone. Yeah, yeah, he's now just a, a white stuntman. Stunt white, stunt man covered in jelly or yeah, something. Yeah, covered in jelly that uh, is flammable. So he's walking around on fire uh, for quite some time. Because <laughs> Samurai Cop leaps into action along with yeah. his partner. You get the blanket, I'll get the fire extinguisher. Joke. That, that's how partners work. Yeah, and they take the, the, the tiny fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a small blanket. And they, and they wrap it over him whilst he's waiting for them to do so. <laughs> he even appears to be looking at the camera as if to say... <laughs> Ow. Yeah, this I'm is taking fire. way too long. I, I actually thought uh, he looked a little bit like Matt Dillon, the guy on fire. The, I like the um, the the partners just like all the way through this as well. Like, he's burning, burning, he's burning, man, he's burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we know. <laughs> yeah, like, like he needs to be told how to, when to shoot. He also points out the obvious himself. So that's, that's why they make it good partners. Well done, guys. This calls for a celebration, says Peggy from the helicopter. They're not in their car. They're dealing with the burned man, and they somehow hear her. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great shot, actually, of Samurai Cop and the partner just staring up gormlessly at the yeah, fucking... Yeah, I, uh, I think he gives the uh, finger finger guns. He does, he says. Yeah. 
you got it. See you back at the pl- see you back at your place. Yeah, which she wouldn't have heard either. No, and gives her the finger points. <laughs> yeah. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! True to his word, we quick cut straight to the Peggy sex scene. Yeah, it's, it's not enjoyable and it's not sexy. No. Uh, I've been told that many a time myself. <laughs> <laughs> he just, there's one point where he just sort of sticks his whole hand in her face. <laughs> and she's got to try and make it look sort of erotic, the, the actress. Um Absolutely horrible. There's absolutely no... <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> there's absolutely no dialogue. Not moaning or, or anything like that. There's just some soft jazz playing in the background. Yeah, as, and we've all done that. And then thankfully we cut away from that. But again, that, it just it's goes too on long, to... Though, yeah, yeah. You, know, you say thankfully, but it, it's, it's a nasty watch. Yeah, and the, the later sex scene as well, just to warn you, it goes on even longer than that. It's fucking it's horrible. Uh, we cut to Zadar talking to... Um, an Asian man with a a, a, a mullet and a, a moustache. <laughs> yeah, he looks cool. I like his look. This is Fujiyama. He's the, the head of the... He's the big boss man. He's the head of the Katana gang. And this is when we get the backstory to, uh, to Samurai Cop. So they call him Samurai, huh? Yes. His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. He was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us. To fight us? To fight me? <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's been, as Ken said before, he's come in from San Diego and he spent time over in Japan learning the ways. Yeah, yeah, he, he knows stuff. He can speak fluent Japanese. Which he can't. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know how he knows that, Zadar. I don't know who his informant is. Probably Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop himself. Yeah, he's like, I can, you know. And uh, Zadar, who is also a samurai, his name is Yamashita in this. <laughs> Which is never discussed. It's never discussed until right at the end, and I made a note of it saying, what the hell, Zadar's name is Yamashita. Yeah, he's not Japanese, that's all. Samurai? If he's a samurai, what the hell are you? I'll get to know him, and then we'll see who the real samurai is. Yeah, his name is Joe Marshall, the samurai cop, as it turns out. I was right earlier, and uh, he, he was brought in to tackle the uh, the the cocaine problem after a sterling work in <laughs> fucking San, San Diego. Diego once. He was trained by the masses in Japan, uh, speaks fluent Japanese, but dresses like a commoner. <laughs> <laughs> in his double denim. In his double denim. Double He's denim's a... not for commoners. He, we also yeah, miss... you, can't, you can't pull that off if you're a commoner. The thing is, as well, with the double denim, it's the same exact shade of denim. Yeah. It's light, very light denim. It's like, almost like a jumpsuit. Yeah, and it would be if, you, if he didn't have the big eagle buckled belt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got this big leather belt. He's an all-American the... hero. <laughs> And of course, the cowboy boots. Fujiyama uh, orders the um, the burnt katana driver. So the guy who got shot in the neck, he yeah. orders him <laughs> and to then be got set on fire. <laughs> yeah, he orders him to be killed, and he wants his head on his piano. So you know where our man is? Yes, boss. I know the hospital and the room, and he's burned bad, real bad. He won't be able to talk. I want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. I want his head on this piano so that every man in my organization understands once more that no katana gets captured alive or talks. Got that? I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. 
I know the real samurai is here. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he shouts that very aggressively. I want his head, and I want it on my piano, so everyone can see that you know I'm not to be messed with because that'd do it. Yeah. Only if they're in his house, obviously. It takes ages, and then Zadar gets over to him, and he's like, "I will bring his head and put it on your piano." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank and you. He's like, yeah, well, yeah, thanks then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing what I said. Yeah, if, you, if you've if you not seen Samurai Cop, you would have probably seen that head on the piano scene because it's quite popular on YouTube. Uh, we cut to Samurai Cop telling a story about being in bed with a woman and then fighting some bad guys. What a fucking... Yeah, what Pe- a legend. Peggy, however, she's up... Yeah. They're getting a little bit jealous behind. But uh, that's, when, that's when she gets weird after that. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, you know, she says stuff. <laughs> it's just not right. He starts uh, sort of making fun of some Japanese guy's name, which makes me think he doesn't speak fluent Japanese. Yeah, and and they all have a bit of a laugh anyway, because uh, he's he's like the Joker, the Joker in the pack. This is when we get introduced to the Carl Weathers character of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been brilliant. <laughs> Captain Roma, he wants Samurai Cop in his office right now. Yeah, and they go, oh oh. They in trouble other, again. Yeah, they give each other that look. Peggy and another female cop, one says, in trouble again. And uh, the other one says, what's it going to be today? So we know he's uh, he's not taking any shit. The the police captain or samurai cop himself. We actually never find out. We, we don't actually get a scene of them together. <laughs> you would have thought it goes straight into the office, but we don't. It goes straight to the hospital where they're about to question. They go to question the, uh, the burn victim. Yeah. Uh, which I love because when they go and question him, the nurse says, oh, no, he won't be able to speak for like three weeks. He was fully on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he's head to toe in bandages. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, uh, his entire face is bandaged up, but he's still managing to bleed through it all. Yeah, it's a bit of a wasted trip, really. You probably should ring ahead and ask if he's even conscious. Poor, <laughs> they just the, turn up. He's a poor guy. He really is. <laughs> Although he's been looked after by uh, a uh, fantastic Beat Bobby uh, a cop, yeah, who's uh, who's running security on the door. He's very enthusiastic. This guy, <laughs> yeah, he's really good at his job. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a wasted trip. Then you would have thought, or is it? Because samurai cop is so damn sexy. The nurse has to fuck him in the scene. Probably most of you will know from this film. This if is horrific. In fact, it was this scene appearing on YouTube uh, that actually got this film sort of out of its obscurity, really. Because everyone was after was after this film after seeing it. <laughs> Why not? Eh? Do you like what you see? I love what I see. Would you like to touch what you see? Oh, that's very forward of you. Yes, yes, I would. Would you like to go out with me? Oh, that's nice. Uh huh. Yes, I would. Would you like to fuck me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? This is just flashbacks of Hard Ticket to Hawaii again. Yeah, it's also in the middle of the hospital. <laughs> which I'm not sure is overly professional of this nurse, or in fact of the of Samurai Cop himself. Bingo. Well then, let's see what you've got. Doesn't interest me. Nothing there. Oh, <laughs> she's she's grabbing him. You see, she's grabbed him by the groin. Meanwhile, Frank Washington is pissing himself oh, laughing. Oh yeah, but still only from the chin up. Nothing there? Just exactly what would interest you? Something the size of a jumbo jet? <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a sudden leap from, from, what he's, uh, from what he's packing. Surely a jumbo jet would be too, too large. Have you been circumcised? Yeah, I have. Why? 
Is this still flirting or is it a physical now? I, they... oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's just gone back to being professional. Yeah. Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. I mean, circumcision's less painful than this scene. No, he, uh, he was a good doctor. Good doctors make mistakes too. That's why they buy insurance. Hey, don't worry. I got enough. Is he on about insurance or his dick still? I, I couldn't care less. It's big. I want bigger. Is that the first action hero where we get told that he's got a small penis? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you you have mentioned that Dolph Lundgren was told he's got an enormous penis. Yeah, by, by another by man. By Brandon Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Which was odd dialogue. What was that? Uh, trouble? That what? was uh, Showdown in Little Showed, Tokyo. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if uh, they often get told it. Kenner, just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Thanks. No, I can't think I of know. any other... Because we know Seagal uh, was... Oh, no, 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 quite the opposite. Yeah, Pol- Seagal in... Please wake up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my Kelly LeBrock impression. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> like, was yeah, James Earl Jones. I think he was originally cast as the nurse. <laughs> but due to a, a rewrite. A scheduling conflict with Star Wars. He had to drop out. A rewrite, out. yeah. It was like, wouldn't it make more sense if it was a woman? <laughs> the director just shaking his head. He did do all the opening scenes, though. <laughs> <laughs> and they watched it and thought, nah. Uh, this is Ken's favourite scene. The woman from earlier who was at the meeting. I actually like her. You you may know that I do appreciate a strong woman. Yeah. And uh, she is a strong woman. She seems like she can take care of herself. Yeah, she's Sadar's girlfriend, I guess. I, th- I think so. She comes in wheeling a, a bin on a cloth-lined trolley and the uh, guard stops her and she says, this is what she says, she says, I have to change the trash, is that all right? What the fuck does change the trash mean? Just swap just, them over. Just put different trash in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's useless. But yeah, well, he, he says that's fine. That's enough for him, yeah. yeah he's like, fair dues. And, uh, and just absolutely brilliantly, the uh, she takes the, the cloth off the trolley. She, and She goes in the room. <laughs> she goes in the room with the burns victim, who's obviously still motionless and bleeding. And uh, she, she removes the cloth from the trolley and reveals Robert Zadar. It's fucking Robert Zadar <laughs> crouched in a fucking trolley. Crouching in a trolley. <laughs> with a samurai sword. <laughs> Dressed as a doctor. And inexplicably dressed as a doctor, even though he's been sneaked into the room in the first place. <laughs> it's, like, it's as if... <laughs> why, why would he be dressed like that if he wasn't going to be seen? I'll tell you why, Ken. Because if the cop had lifted it up, he'd have been like, oh, thank you, nurse. <laughs> Just pretended that's how he gets around. <laughs> yes, that would have explained it. Thank you. <laughs> I accept that explanation. And I tell you what, Ken, if you want to kill someone stealthily, what you do is you hack at his neck with a fucking samurai sword, is what you do. It is what you do, yeah. But you're dressed as a doctor. So even if, should the guard have come in whilst he was doing it, being dressed as a doctor would have made him think, oh, that seems just like procedure. Yeah. Not a silence pistol, not maybe the pillow over the head and well, smother him. He, he demanded the head. He demanded the head on his piano. You're not, not going to get that if you just smother him. I mean, he could cut his head off after he's dead rather than yeah, while he's, he's alive. He's, he's a Burns victim. He's not speaking. He's wrapped in swaddling cloth. The head seems very light. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's very easy to take <laughs> off as well. Yeah. Just have burnt it right through to the... Because <laughs> the samurai sword isn't really a hacking, sort of soaring weapon, is it? No. And he, he gives no sort of, like, 
swiping, does he? No, I mean no. it would have been wouldn't have probably looked as good if you just see Zadar with his jacket off, sweating as he's trying to cut this head off with this <laughs> samurai sword. Like five minutes later, Doctor Zadar to you. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking James Bond villain, that Any, does. Anyway, right, he, he cuts the head off, they wrap it all up, and then he just climbs... <laughs> he climbs back into his trolley. It's my favourite scene of the film. She takes the cloth off, and he's just there. He's just in the trolley. <laughs> what the hell? He's, he's a huge man. He's massive. <laughs> just his head is massive. <laughs> His head alone weighs a hundred pounds. Just going back to the head, they they throw it in like the the waste bin, and it makes no sound. It's just like made of fucking styrofoam yeah, or something. Oh. Anyway, he climbs back into his trolley. I actually and forgot that he climbs back in the trolley. I thought they just left. <laughs> she, she covers him up and he wheels Fuck him yeah. away. <laughs> Onwards, nurse. <laughs> back to the elevator. Fuck. Yes, doctor. Yeah, and the, the, the cop who's sort of chatting up the nurses, every all of the even the background women in this all look like they've come from the the, the nearest pawn shoot, don't yeah, they? Yeah, well maybe they did. Yeah. And uh yeah, he stops trying to chat them up and has a look inside the <laughs> the the Burns victims um room and it's just covered in blood and everywhere. He, blood everywhere, but none on either of the two people that were in that room. No, and he he just shouts cool security, he doesn't say why or anything and then he just runs off. <laughs> Yeah, shouts cool security, which is weird because he was security. I do think he'd be sacked for that. Surely he must. He had one job. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you would have thought certainly so. get a talking down from the uh, El Capitano. Yeah, Carl Weathers. I actually did keep a tally chart for this. There's six six times you hear, "Hey, wait a minute." Oh yeah, this is to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, to Z- yeah Doctor yeah. Zadar. They they still think he is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, they they are still referring to him as Doctor. And every single person that sees him says, hey, wait a minute, and attacks him, and he ends up yeah, flooring them. He just them. punches them in the face repeatedly. Just, it, that happens a lot, yes. You're right, six times. Yeah, and they end up making their escape in, in, a, in a sports car. <laughs> Everyone's like, excuse me, doctor. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, he just punches him in the face. But even the people who've witnessed that still think he's a doctor. <laughs> still refer to him as doctor and still think that he will wait a minute for them. This is when we finally do meet Captain Roma. We're in the captain's office, and I thought we'd met him earlier. I really did. Yeah, this this is actually the first. Well, sorry, this is the first time we're in the office with him, and uh, he's giving them the rollicking of their lives. Oh, he's ripping them a new one. He actually flubs his line halfway through. He <laughs> tries to say I think Japanese and just gets it totally wrong. Um, it's interesting to point out that the the director would only ever really take unless it's really fucked up. He would only do one take. One take shots all the time. In the interview I heard with the guy who played Samurai Cop, he said that at one point he was so pissed off that he was intentionally getting things wrong, thinking, oh, he's going to have to redo this. He didn't, and they ended up in the film. (laughs) I don't know if I believe him. I think he tried his hardest. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose if you're doing one take of everything, though, it's going to be shit, isn't it? How dare you? We do. And Oh, yeah, yeah, fair point. (laughs) (laughs) He says, you know what the results were? A man in custody lost his head. One of our officers lost his hand, and three officers are in the hospital. Who the fuck lost his hand? <laughs> I think, uh, I think the doctor cut someone's hand off. Did he? Uh, probably. I didn't see it. It's the only thing. I, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Robert's dad does draw a sword. Oh, does he? Dur- during that. during being asked to wait a minute. I must He's just... probably thinking, "Fuck it, I'm not waiting a minute. How can you still be asking me that? <laughs> I've already punched six people in the face." 
I must have blacked out when I saw I'm that. I'm clearly not waiting any minutes. Yeah, and then he's he's, he's threatening to send Samurai Cop back to San Diego. Mm. He's uh, he's furious, and yeah. rightly so. Yeah, and it's only Frank who's, who's you know he's he's a good cop, and obviously the chief loves him, so he says you know do it for me, police chief Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> he convinces him not to. And then the captain lies back in his chair with his eyes closed. And he says this line. I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass. And it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> he elaborates too much. Yeah. <laughs> would have, just that first sentence would have been fine. Yeah. It's still been weird. but uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But surely everyone would have assumed that he would try and get it out. <laughs> it's like he pauses and then says... And it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Poor old police chief. God damn it, get the hell out of my office. Get out of here. I don't want to see your face. And then the partner. You would have thought this might have been Samurai Cop doing this, but it's actually the partner who sneaks around. He actually looks at the ca- He breaks the fourth wall at this partner. He sort of laughs at the camera and then crawls around the, the side of the desk and kisses the police chief on the head. <laughs> yeah, well, she doesn't like you know, because he's just said that he's got a club up his ass and it hurts. So he wouldn't have done that if it was Carl Weathers in that chair. No, he wouldn't have. <laughs> no way. No, absolutely not. Not unless Carl Weathers himself had demanded a kiss. Yeah, in which but case you, we all would. Yeah, exactly. You've got no choice. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Come back here, you motherfucker! The police chief says, you son of a bitch, come back here, you motherfucker, and then points for ages. Yeah, and then points at him. Even though they're probably not coming back. <laughs> we we believe they've left the room, but he's still pointing in sort of freeze frame, but not frozen. And then he follows it up just by sinking back into his chair and just laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's not such a, a hard ass after all. I don't know. Maybe he loves the gentle kiss yeah. of, of Frank Washington. <laughs> of one of his subordinates. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe he's just mental. Maybe he's insane. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we get uh, Patty saying, so what happened? You out or in to Samurai Cop? And he says, baby, I'm always in. Yeah, again, you see, he's, he just can't resist his sexual innuendo slash harassment. Yeah, and then we this is when we meet Johnson, who's a, a policeman who sort of hates Samurai Cop and pretty much everyone in the fucking precinct. Yeah, he, he hates himself. Yeah, and he basically his his whole he literally turns up. He's got one line. He's got to tell him where where the the guys go to eat the bad guys, and he fucks the line up. But we we, we leave it in the film. <laughs> and then the uh, the partner says, uh, "What does katana mean?" Yeah, well, thankfully he's asked the right guy because he's fluent in Japanese. <laughs> and the way it's shot as well, again, it's like from the chin up. Yeah, and he just looks and says, "Katana means Japanese sword." Then he just nods, and then that's all done. That's proven. I wish they'd have carried that on throughout the film, where he was ask, he's asking him what things mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, unfortunately. What does noodle mean? It means Japanese food. <laughs> just saying just stuff like that. And they always do the same nod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, thank you anyway, Joe Marshall, for telling us what a katana means. Yeah, this way, this far into the film. <laughs> Like Frank is an absolute idiot and hasn't even known what the gang is he's after. Yeah, so we 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 end up going to the Blue Lagoon. Oh yes, which is also the name of a cocktail that I used to drink at uh, Weatherspoons in my youth. 
<laughs> wow, how sophisticated. Yes, I looked very much like James Bond. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. Uh, yeah, the uh, when they get to the, the the Blue Lagoon, it looks like it's been shot over different days and none of them are in the same room. Well, yeah, but that's the same as the earlier car chase. Uh, not None of it's real. It's, it's not a real <laughs> film, not it's, a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that. Yes, continuity is probably a thing that most filmmakers use, but uh, not this guy. Lighting, they also use that, which he, which <laughs> fucking Amir doesn't, because yeah. it's, it's different days throughout the same scene, different daytimes, different positions of the sun. <laughs> Everything was actually shot during the day because they they didn't have actually any lights at all. So that's another little little fact for you. Yeah, so that explains the daylight gunfights that nobody seems to respond to, um, and the fluent Japanese speaking um, samurai cop starts with. Are you Fu Fujiyama? <laughs> yeah, I think he does that on purpose as an insult to, to the director. To Fuji, no, to Fujiyama. Oh, well, unless oh no, so you give us that trivia bit, didn't you? That he yeah. does it on purpose. No, I'm, I'm not having it. I think that he, he either does it on purpose to insult Fujiyama himself, Fujiyama, <laughs> or he just couldn't remember what his name was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. So, I'm not having it that he does it on purpose because he was doing it on purpose for another reason. No, no, sir. Fujiyama says, "Yes, I am. Who are you?" He says, "I'm a cop." And then you get this sort of music playing. Yeah, because he is a cop. <laughs> this tense music playing, and and Robert Zadar's <laughs> eyes go very, very wide, and it, they stay like that through the whole scene. Yeah, yeah. I, is he can, okay? I, I'm not. I don't know. This scene worried me on behalf of Robert. <laughs> he looks very worried. <laughs> He stands up as well, and uh, yeah, he gets told to sit down. And doesn't and he, he call do, it? He does. He calls the the um, doesn't the samurai cop call the I the think gang? He calls a, it a, a shit piece sh of shit, a shit katana gang. Yeah, and he stands up. <laughs> he's not happy with that because he's proud of his katana. It reminds me of Kung Pao when he says, "Betty, isn't that a girl's name?" <laughs> huh? <laughs> he stands up really quickly. That's what Zidar does. Yeah, but he stands up really slowly. Fujiyama then tells him to immediately sit down. What because? <laughs> Zadar's standing up, and obviously they're not in the same shot. Fujiyama just looks to his right, so he looks like he's talking to Zadar's dick as he tells him to sit down. Yeah, if he'd have spoken to uh, samurai cops, then that would have been a whole new scene. Fujiyama, he's, he's, he's not new to this. He knows what he's talking about. He says, if you've got anything on me, then book me. If not, as they say, get out of my face. <laughs> they do say that. This is America. It goes on. This is America. Uh, <laughs> it is, he's right No, Freedom and law A man is innocent until proven guilty You have nothing on me <laughs> Very much like yeah. Talking about the American way Yeah, he's right though uh, He's got a, an attorney there, an American attorney Who threatens to sue the department uh, The the partner who's in the background Says, okay counsellor, you still have Three or four hours until court, the courthouse Closes and then laughs Is that a, I mean that is enough time To put a I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. yeah so what's, why is he laughing about that? No, I don't know. No. He's just being helpful. Yeah, <laughs> he's just pointing that out. There's a great monologue then from Samurai Car. This this is incredible. This is, it's like, you, you know, you know the end of First Blood where um, John Rambo comes back. <laughs> it's about war. He <laughs> comes back to town and he gives all of the, the reasons behind it. And, uh, it's exactly his, like that. His terrible times in Vietnam and his friends and the friends that he's lost and everything. And uh, I, I still think, I still believe to this day, had you been able to understand a word Stallone had said during that, 
Uh, I don't think that's Oscar material. Um, it's it's very similar to this. It's it's powerful. Uh, they both had long hair. Um, they both got very sad eyes, and that's that's the end of that similarity. Uh, also, the guy who played Samurai Cop, he started off as Sylvester Stallone's bodyguard. That's <laughs> what. <laughs> yes, oh. it's it's uh, interesting that you bring him up, but yeah, he uh, he was Stallone's personal bodyguard and and sort of watched Stallone with his uh, his celebrity friends and got jealous and thought, I'm going to start a career in. In movies. Wow, what a mistake. <laughs> what a first choice film. <laughs> yeah, he really should have just stayed as a bodyguard. And uh, let's uh, let's just play the clip of the whole monologue <laughs> because I'm not reading it out and uh, I think I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it justice. So no, here is, this is pure Samurai Cop talking about America, drugs, children and everything in between. Death merchants. Now I'm telling these son of a bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? And you too. So there you go. The and and while while he's doing that, while he's delivering that speech, we get closer and closer to his face, and we're already pretty close. It's a it's a very powerful powerful monologue. I think you'll agree with that. I don't think anyone could disagree. Yep. Even Stallone, perhaps, uh, he's get in contact with his old bodyguard and say, "Hey, well." Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just me. Yeah, you get the feeling that the director who wrote this was was nodding at himself as he was typing this into the. You get the feeling that he thought this was going to be the the main monologue of the film, and oh man, it goes on for eight. I mean, what were the 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 guys doing around the table as he was saying this? Yeah, I bet they were shocked. <laughs> but they couldn't believe that he'd uh, he'd got so much detail on their actions. He knew everything. He even knew about their Swiss bank accounts. And they were secret, as he mentioned. Yeah. So how the hell does he know about them? My God, this guy's good. There's an, there's an awkward silence uh, after that. and uh, Rightly so. <laughs> looks there, there was when I watched it. <laughs> and then what did you follow that up with? You follow that with a bit of flirting because he says, by the way, what's an all-American girl like you doing with a geek like this? Oh, <laughs> Fujiyama's not going to be happy with that with geek. Yeah, and she's been eye-fucking him the whole time he's been there, hasn't he? Because obviously he's on... Un- oh, he's, he's him, isn't he? He's got long hair. Yeah. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, double denim, long hair, leather jacket, yeah. flight why, jacket. Why, why wouldn't she be looking going, oh, yeah. And you think in a leather jacket, it's like the what the 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 pilots used to wear in the the nineteen yeah, twenties. Yeah, it's, it's not like a biker jacket. No. <laughs> um, and then he winks at her <laughs> again. He can't wink. <laughs> He's not good at that. I tell you, can't even blink at this point. It's Robert Zadar who's still doing the same face. Cuts to him, and he's just staring. Just... He's very angry, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he's got no expression whatsoever. They leave not before the partner again. He has a. I don't know how long he's been thinking this one up because he laughs like. <laughs> oh, he laughs like it's the best joke he's ever made. Hey, counselor, we'll see you in court, and just laughs his yeah, bollocks off. And that's off. it. And then just put head head fully back, laughing. We can see his teeth, everything. Oh, he loves that one. Not Since, sure, nobody else reacts. 
Yeah, since the three-hour window thing that he said before, he's, he's thought of that and he's been saving it until just the right moment. Yeah, and it's, it's a good way to end that entire bit. There's a really weird bit. Of, uh, oh, this, this bit makes no sense and no. it never has. I thought I dreamt it the first time I watched this film, but I watched it again and uh, now it's really in the film. Yeah, there's like a camp Costa Rican waiter. Yeah, an overly camp. Not, yeah. not, not just camp. I think he really, really plays it to the max. Uh, I've seen people mention on um, uh, on the internet that apparently this might be a, a rip-off of something in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, but I can't remember it. He basically asks, he asks the Costa Rican waiter about um, the girl. He wants her fucking address, just him being like a creepy... Of course he does, because he's a bit weird, isn't Creepy it? stalker guy. But yeah, I, I was going to make the point of, you know, if this wasn't this guy who looks like he does, if he looked like... Me. <laughs> that's, like, that's harassment all over. If he like Clint Howard and he was saying stuff like that, people would be repulsed by it. It's just because he's the action hero of the of the film that he gets away with saying these sort of lines and, and just asking the waiter for the address of the fucking woman that's in the, in the bar. I'll have a disclaimer on that one, Clint. Sorry if you are listening. <laughs> Sorry, Clint. I think you're but... a beautiful man <laughs> and very talented. Uh, yeah, he never just never wastes an opportunity to try on with a girl, basically. The samurai cop. So there we go. Is there some racism connotations to that with the Costa Rican guy? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what they are saying that they're all camp. I don't know. It I, just I, seems. I don't like... know. I don't know why they mention he's from Costa Rica, but, yeah. but it's it's him that mentions it. Maybe the actors from Costa Rica, and he just wanted to get that across. Yeah, he's like. A... I don't know. I honestly don't know the point of the the whole bit. To there's, be honest, there's, there's no a... point to it, for, as far as I can see. There's a bit where he mentions his name. It's really long, and then they take the take the piss out of that. It's very odd, and obviously we have some casual racism later on in the film. Uh, Samurai Cop and his partner leave, and uh, Zadar decides that this is the right moment to set his henchman on him. Yeah, and all the way through this, I mean, not mentioned it earlier on when we first meet the henchman, but. Um, Fujiyama's henchmen are among the ugliest men <laughs> I've ever seen as henchmen, which is weird because the the lady I, I find quite beautiful. But uh, the men are incredibly ugly. Robert Zdar, not an ugly man per se. But, not with a beard. But, but with an enormous face, the, the face of somebody bigger than he is. And, and everybody else is just very ugly, really, really ugly. And uh, Sorry, I just uh, digress slightly there. And I apologise if any of those henchmen are listening. <laughs> Although I think they all They're get just killed. Offend- I think they all get killed, so, you know. Just offending everyone today. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an arrestable offence from Zadar. I don't know why he's doing this in plain sight <laughs> of them, saying go and fucking kill these cops in front yeah. of me. And uh, dispatches them one at a time. Yeah, and obviously <laughs> we know why it's one at a time, because they didn't have the, yeah, the money not, for more not, guns. They're not allowed to have any more guns. The choreography in this film, apparently, it was all the choreography was all done by Uncle Mora. So okay, the, okay, Mora. So the the actor who plays Uncle Mora is um is in charge of all the choreography, unless he wasn't on shooting that day. In which case, it was up to the actors fifteen minutes before the scene to just do their own choreography, <laughs> according to uh, yeah IMDb. Yeah, not sure he was there on this day. <laughs> Definitely wasn't there on this day because the <laughs> fucking choreography. <laughs> Is absolutely awful. Uh, one guy gets a samurai sword out, and uh, oh yeah, this is after they keep just keep punching each other over, and uh, they have a few fist fights first, and then there's a samurai sword. So obviously, or uh, katana, yeah, <laughs> as it's known. What? What's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's Joe. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
it looks like he's going to fight him barehanded, and then he just waves his his partner who shoots him. Yeah, which yeah. is a funny scene if it wasn't in every other film with a Frank. Frank, yeah, it's ever since um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's in every every film that has a guy who's wielding a sword. Um, and it would also probably be funnier in this if they didn't do it again later. But <laughs> basically, yeah, they shoot the guy with the sword. Um, and then the guy, the the last bad guy comes down, decides to just threaten him, saying, "You." He's got long hair as well, so maybe he takes that as a, a threat. Yeah, and uh, Samurai Cop just throws the katana at him and cuts <laughs> his arm off. Yeah. I don't know how how forceful he threw it. It looks like he throws it, but I'm, but his arm just falls to the ground. You're not holding a gun either. It's just <laughs> it's, it's open just, palm. Just a rubber arm lands on the floor. <laughs> And then he, and then he's got a, a spurting stump, which uh, I apologise for using that phrase. <laughs> that was our death metal band, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, great days. Zadar just gets a fucking oozy out at this point. He's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Any, any way of <laughs> it, is, it is nearly lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just at the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> any way of of weaseling out of this with in terms of. Um, being in trouble with the with the law is gone now because he gets a newsy out just starts shooting at them. Uh, it actually goes on for ages. This yeah, it, it is a bit weird because like the uh, the camp Costa Rican told us that the the girl owns the restaurant and everything, but clearly she can't hear any of this gunfire in her parking lot or anyone from where she is or you know no, well she'd be the only one surely inside who'd be worried about it because yeah, all the others were part of the gang. But when they when they you sort of see a little bit later, everyone on the street seemed just fine. Oh yeah, well, they're okay. <clears throat> yeah, Robert Zadar very casually walks up to one of the. They actually go really slowly away from him through cars and stuff. Don't yeah, they? yeah. They say let let's get out of here, <clears throat> and then just sort of like roll three meters away from where they were, and think that's that's not finished. Yeah, and Robert Zadar very casually walks up to the car and just rolls the grenade underneath, and then yeah. doesn't move. No, he's just killing his own men, Robert Zadar, as well. He's just yeah. shooting his own men so they can't talk, and he hasn't got to sneak into a hospital in a basket like he has done before. Yeah, I like. I would say, and he blows. Um, yeah, he's got a grenade in his pants. Yeah, he just casually <laughs> rolls it under like he's bowling, and then he just he doesn't actually move back. He just stands there, and then yeah, in the next shot, he's not anywhere near the car, and it blows up. And then he fucks off. <laughs> it blows up again, actually. It blows up twice. Yeah, it yeah, does. You, yeah, yeah, you're you right. hear it blow up twice. That's, that's grenades for you. Um, obviously, never Frank... go, never go back to an exploded grenade, kids. Exploded <laughs> or unexploded? Well, no. Well, yeah, it already exploded, but it exploded again. So oh, yeah, that's true. Just never go back to a grenade. Oh, sorry, Maybe we'll just say that. Then, yeah, sorry. you did. Yeah, you dick. <laughs> uh, Frank obviously is very unhappy. He says, "Man, look what they've done to my car." Captain's going to burn my ass. Mm. Samurai Cop says... Charcoal black. Yeah, he's going to burn it charcoal black. The p- <laughs> Frank says it is black. <laughs> and Samurai Cop says right on. And they low five. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then they laugh. I'm not sure that would be allowed nowadays. <laughs> it shouldn't have been allowed then. It was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just for any racial connotations, but just being a shit line. We cut to the captain's office and there's a, another policeman we don't know. He's just standing there asking about what he wants him to do. And then the, the captain says, go and arrest somebody and off he mm. goes. So Yeah, I, th- I think he was in a previous scene, but didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that he's got his holster on. So, you know, I, I think I recognised him. 
uh, it's a classic sign of micromanagement from the captain. No one knows what to do at all. That no one mm. wants to use common sense because he wants to have his hand in everything. That's yeah. that's what that is. That's what that shows me. Yeah. Well, I've been there. I don't know exactly what that's like. Yeah. Uh, the katana attorney is in his office and he's given short shrift by the captain, who tells him to go piss up a rope when he threatens him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about this captain <laughs> and his <laughs> phrases. Yeah, he doesn't actually say that. I've added that, but oh, I should have. As he's leaving, <laughs> as he's leaving, the I bet uh, he's thinking it. As he's leaving, the attorney says, "I'll see you in court." And the captain's response is brilliant. He just says, "You motherfucker! I'll see you in hell." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I reckon HR have got a few calls about the captain. <laughs> about Captain Roma, <laughs> they've got they've got a, a whole filing cabinet on the Captain Roma. <laughs> oh, brilliant! I love that response. You motherfucker! I'll see you in hell. Yeah, that's how you do with lawyers. <laughs> Samurai cops out stalking Jenny next from the restaurant. He's changed into a, an open, mm. white, white open shirt. It's also a good look. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, someone radios up to say the, the policeman's here. He has to borrow his uh, his colleague's radio because he hasn't got one. Yeah. Which, uh, which I noticed was a bit weird. Samurai cop just walks straight past them and goes up the stairs. And the other guy borrows his mate's radio and says, there's a policeman coming up. Yeah. Which is <laughs> a bit late if she didn't want him to. Both Samurai Cop and Jenny get outacted by a massive fake lion head. What the bloody hell is that? I don't know. It's fuck it's like it's like something a kid would do for art yeah. class. Yeah, it looks like it's made of plasticine and, and just shit. There's a great shot of Jenny with the, the lion right behind her. Mm. <laughs> and it's like the lion's actually centre of the, the shot and then Jenny's just to the right. I don't yeah. understand why. Maybe the director's kid made it. Yeah, I'm thinking like... It, it, it's a trivia thing that maybe, you know, you haven't got trivia about that, have you? No. <laughs> but I don't know, I can't ex- I can't explain it any other way. No, it reminds me of like Manos, where uh, the the guy who played the the master, his wife oh, yeah, made the painting. the painting, and yet that's why we see it. Like It's only an hour film, but 10 minutes of it's looking at that painting, isn't it? It's also the best thing. Yeah, it actually is, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Samurai Cop's so fucking creepy at this point. He won't take no for an answer for a start. She says, no, I don't want to go out with you, but he keeps fucking pestering her. And then she says, and then he's like, okay, what about Sunday after he goes through every day of the week like well, fucking he actually, Craig David? He, he, he jumps to Sunday. He misses out Saturday altogether, which is odd. I thought it was odd. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, he does. He, he just misses Maybe Saturday. he's with Peggy on Saturday. Yeah, exactly yeah. like Craig David. Exactly. <laughs> and um Craig David, by the way, what did he have a week off or what? What hours does he work? <laughs> Craig David. Yeah, in that song. I don't How know. Has he got time for all that? Maybe he's does his he own work boss. Four, four on, four off. Is he? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole it's, week though, isn't it? Well, yeah. So what the hell? What the hell's he doing? Is he booked holiday? Must have booked it. Yeah, he must time in loop. He <laughs> must have worked his hours. Yeah. Hit his targets. Yeah, I suppose. Fair play to you, Craig David. Yeah, if that if that is what happened. Obviously, if you just pull in sickies. Shame on you. Um, <laughs> she says no because she's going to church on uh, on Sunday. He asks where she goes to. She tells him for some reason. This is just, I mean, again, if this was Clint Howard, sorry, Clint, she wouldn't be telling him what fucking church she goes to. And uh, he says, okay, then. I love that church. I'll see you later. Mm. Uh, we get another fight scene as he's leaving the club. <laughs> he's, obviously, right. he's gone upstairs. 
and there's a guy with a baseball bat. I don't know why they've given this guy the baseball bat. <laughs> he tries to do this, like, swinging it around his arm and stuff. And very, very slowly. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it's like he's never even touched a baseball bat before. Really? I have never attempted that trick he's doing. I think I could do it better than that guy. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I have, and I definitely can. Yeah, that is just fucking awful. Yeah. A, yeah, and the, I'm, I'm doing it now in my head. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you'd. No, no, not literally doing it now. No, you'd be able to see. <laughs> I haven't got a baseball. I don't bring baseball bats to these things. Unless you sting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, from not, the police. Not yet. Uh, the, one of the guys runs off from this fight and then he falls over just a random, just a totally flat surface and he falls over. God. It's the same car park as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Same well, car park that was the hospital car park, the Blue Lagoon car park. It's just the. A, Apartments that they were all staying in, I think. Yeah, the the office that the one that Jenny's in is the yeah, same as the hospital. It's just the same car park. The same as the the fucking. Everything's the same except <laughs> there's a massive lion head. Yeah, I mean Catherine Bigeye must have been watching this chase scene and added it to <laughs> Point Break because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of um, actually in this film there's a lot of running around just neighborhoods <laughs> through mm. people's gardens and stuff, and they do it here except this guy falls over in the car park on a totally flat surface. Which is when he says Uncle Mora sent him. Uh, mm. No one, his name's never been mentioned before. So even Samurai Cop says, "Who the fuck's that?" But mm. obviously not in that in that way. And he says, "I need an address." And then cut to them all outside of the house. <laughs> Literally yeah. a quick cut. Yeah, because I don't know. He must have given it up. That, that, <laughs> that's my that's my intellectual gain from that. <laughs> He's given up the address. Yeah, so picture this. You've got a scene. You've got Samurai Cop. You've got their partner. You've got Johnson, the the sour-faced uh, other police officer. And then you've got Peggy as well. She's standing there. Um, Samurai Cop talks about his partner's ass being black again. Yeah, yeah. Mention it again. And the and uh, the partner says, this time they'll probably cut my dick too, huh? And then Peggy says, you better come to my house then before you go to the captain. And uh, <laughs> the partner says, for what? And she says... You best use it before you lose it. To mm. which they all laugh. Yeah. See, that's the that's the first part of Peggy just being a bit weird. Yeah, that's yeah. not the first part. But well, well, no, obviously. This but, is the most outrageous. But, 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 but it's like in what she's saying. Yeah. Because uh, obviously Samurai Cop's right there. Yeah. You know, I mean, what if he feels a bit of jealousy? What if all of those pangs of jealousy there? But uh, he just laughs. Yeah, because she hits Samurai Cop earlier, doesn't she, for saying Yeah, that. for saying something. She looked a bit jealous. But uh, now she's just openly slotty. Yeah. And they're also shouting this to each other. I had a, this image of the bad guys looking out the window like this. Yeah, fucking... what, what are these people talking about dicks for? There's <laughs> policemen outside talking about their dicks. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Um, there's a great cut to the stern looking officer once they're laughing as well. It cuts to Johnson. He's just got his hands on his hips, yeah, just looking he's not pissed happy. off. He's not happy. Never, <laughs> never has been. Uh, uh, Samurai Cop cuts the shit and says, "All right, Johnson and Peggy, you go around the front. Me and uh, Frank will go around the back." Um, and then she forgets that instantly. Says they've got nothing to do and offers some sex to Johnson. Yeah, yeah. She actually says, "Let's fuck." Yeah. Which he says, "Shut up." Yeah, calm down, Peggy. And uh, and then like she laughs a bit. Weird, just weird. Now she's you know she must be on heat. <laughs> But uh, that's <laughs> I like the, the way you said that. Well, yeah, that's the second time in like the space of a minute that she's offered a different person some sex. And Johnson's like an old old man. Yeah, that's why he told us to shut up. Yeah, he's having none of it. Yeah, he's and a again, family man, Johnson. I'm bringing Point Break up again, here, Ken. 
Please do. <laughs> do you know in Point Break where they go and, um, you know, when uh, Anthony Kiedis is there, you know, the surfer guys that they think are the presidents at the beginning and they mm. go to the house. This kind of happens here where they they creep up on the um, yeah. the back door and they see Uncle Mora in bed in these little pants with a with a, a lady. Oh, my God. A little lady. Not not little. <laughs> it's not a midget. Have, have we finished the comparison? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's where it ends. But <laughs> so you just wanted to mention Point Break again. I do. Yeah. yeah, I was actually watching it, thinking, God, I wish I was watching Point Break instead of this. I saw it at the cinema. What Point Break? Yeah. Fuck it. No, that's good. Thanks. One day I'm going to say something like, "I saw that at the cinema, and that's going to be good." I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Yeah. Not in this world. And uh, Samurai Cop says he's fucking, and the last time he's going to, and the partner says, "Let." They should let Uncle Mora have his last fuck. Mm. It's like that's where the hell did you train? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. It's it's kind of it's a nice sentiment. Yeah, <laughs> but they would also just be watching, <laughs> which is which is not a nice sentiment. That's basically just saying let's watch him do that. Yeah, and Samurai Cop says no and yells police before actually seeing if the fucking door's unlocked. Yeah, because it's not. <laughs> he says police and then f- runs up against the door and yeah, can't open it. And the door is locked and uh, Okinara just runs off in his pants. One guy doesn't take the safety off his gun, it looks like. He, he starts and he, he looks like he's shooting, but there's no noise coming out of it or anything. So um, Samurai Cop just kills him instantly. And then there's a chase through the neighbourhood, like Point yeah, Break. There's... Um... <laughs> There's, there's lots of shouting of freeze as well, and then instantly just shooting people, uh, which I'm pretty sure is not what you do when you shout freeze. You give them an opportunity to freeze first, and if they don't, then it's fair. But they shout freeze and then shoot people dead instantly. <laughs> they they're, the, they're shooting at the same time they're shouting it. I was going to say, sometimes <laughs> they do it at the same time. Yeah, which is a bit weird. Ken, you might know this. Do Japanese gangs often have heavily guarded bases in the suburbs? Because that's what's happening here. Yes. <laughs> you see people on the roof with guns and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And yet the surroundings, when you see wide shots, they're yeah, all it's, just... It's in where a, you least expect it. It's like <laughs> You've got the right to bear arms. I'm thinking... I'm They've thinking, embraced the American way. <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, wouldn't it be better the burbs with Tom Hanks if one of the houses just had loads of Japanese guards just <laughs> standing on the roof It'd and stuff? it a different film. <laughs> Maybe. Could have been a spin-off. They, he ends up catching Uncle Mora after he takes a lovely, you know, picket fence, his Be- flower Beautiful beds. scenic run. Yeah, and he's, he's on arms and he says, you're going to shoot me or fight me like a man. And of course, he puts his gun down mm. and they go hand-to-hand combat. For about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Mora throws up a lot of classic Japanese stances. Oh, he's, he's a trained man. I mean, that's yeah. why he did the choreography. He knows what he's doing. And... Um, my God, it goes on for ages. Yeah. Samurai Cop's wig comes off at one point. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he pulls it off. Then he pulls his wig off and then sort of puts it back on <laughs> puts for it back him on. <laughs> yeah. because he realises it's come off. That's, yeah. a, that's a good scene, actually, if, if you can if you can notice that. He does it quite quickly, but it's it's still noticeable. Very noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle, he gets some little tiny knives out of his waistband. Yeah, this is after they've been fighting for a good five minutes and they keep getting the upper hand on each other. Doing a bit of a chokehold, uh, holding each other's arms, uh, wrist wrist locks and stuff like that that they just break out of because they can't be bothered. Uh, they roll around a lot. There's lots of different scenes of the same scene. So daylight changes. Uh, the surroundings change. Um, it's, it's, it's 
it's an absolute mess of a fight scene, really. Yeah. Uh, it ends with um, with uh, Samurai Cop doing uh, pulling his head back slightly. It doesn't like it hurts at all. It looks like just a natural movement yeah, of his neck. Yeah, it's because, because he pulls those little knives from his belt. Yeah, he's managed to get dressed. By the way, we don't see him get dressed, but he does during yeah. the during the melee. He's easily disarmed with those little knives. Yeah, he doesn't do anything with those either. He looks like he might do, like yeah. he's trained to use them, but uh, he's easily disarmed. Yeah, and then uh, Samurai Cop puts him in the the sergeant's camel clutch for the tap out victory. <laughs> yeah, thankfully that's the end of that. Yeah, the part or is but, it? No, it's not. The that's... part. Yeah, the partner goes to arrest him, and uh, Uncle Mora. Easily disarms him and then points yeah, the gun at because, Samurai because Cop. Because upon his arrest, he only cuffs one arm. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that's how you do it. No. It is in these action films, isn't it? Yeah. So they do anyway, the... yeah, he breaks He breaks free, steals his gun and uh, gets shot. In fact, the the classic thing in these action films is like, they, that's absolutely not how they do it in real life, is where they have the... The one out, and they just hit it on the mm. on the hand, and it cuffs. It looks cool, but it's just not how they do it in real life. And uh, yeah, Uncle Mora, he goes to shoot Samurai Cop, and Samurai Cop already spins. knows he spins and shoots him dead. Spins on his cowboy boots. Yeah, damn. Yeah, and, and that's that... the end of Uncle Mora. It's a shame, really. Yeah, good old Uncle Mora. Yeah, he looked good in his little pants. Uh, we cut to Robert Zadar now, and he's talking to Fujiyama, and he's mm. saying about how the 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 main characters that we've we've come to know they just they can't be bought. We're talking Johnson, we're talking Peggy, we're talking Captain Roma, mm-hmm. um, SC himself, Samurai Cop, and obviously Big Frank Washington. Yeah, uh, Fujiyama mentions that they can't kill them because they would be prime suspects, even though it's obvious, thanks to Zadar, that this that after his Uzi antics that they obviously are prime suspects. Yeah, if only he'd been disguised as a doctor yeah. at the time. <laughs> he actually got to clean away with it. This actually makes sense from Fujiyama. They ca- if they kill them now, they will literally the cops will be all over them. Uh, Robert Zidar must have been asleep through all this because his solution is to get some guys in from New York to kill them. <laughs> mm. and Fujiyama says... Um, yeah, but they're, they're from out of town. Yeah, they're, That's different. It's totally different guys. Fujiyama has to remind him then of what he said previously, but he said, we can't kill them, but we can hurt them. Oh, yeah. Uh, they probably can't do that either, though, can they? Probably even a, That's probably a worse idea well, than dep- killing d- them. It depends how they do it. He said, he get, he get says he tells um, Zadar to get the guys from New York to break their legs. Ooh. If it's guys from New York, I mean, they'd see them, they'd see them and think, hang on, these guys are from New York. This is totally unconnected to what we're doing. Yeah, in action films. Mm-hmm. I suppose we are watching action films, so it's, it works out. <laughs> I think we can loosely bracket this into an action film. <laughs> uh, we we cut to Samurai Cop in a wig and hat combo again. With <laughs> yes. it, with, it's, it's in a ponytail this time, so it looks even more ridiculous. Yes. Um, there's some horrible dubbing going on as the New York gang turn up. He's, he's basically, he looks like he's with Vincent Price. They're, they're looking, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell they're doing. They're looking at photographs or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And uh, the New York gang turn up, horribly dubbed, and um, the receptionist says, oh, yeah, he's upstairs, and then she hits the panic button, and Vincent Price sees it and uh, says the warning bell's gone off. We're expecting company, so the samurai cop gets the drop on them, mm. yeah, and he just kills them all. Yeah. So, you know. Well, he has to, otherwise they'd hurt him. 
But on the plus side, breaking his legs. Yeah, on the plus side, uh, he's saving Fujiyama a fortune on travel expenses. Well, yeah, because they ain't, ain't got to go home again. Yeah. So it's one well, unless he bought the round ticket. Oh yeah, then who's laughing again? <laughs> Samurai Cop. Oh, damn you! He escapes off the roof, and then we get a quick cut back to Zadara and uh, the woman. Literally, it's in mid mid action scene. It cuts just to the um, Zadar's girlfriend just taking a robe off naked, and then it's a, a That's prolong- my favorite scene. It's a prolonged sex scene between Zadar and this woman. No, that's that's not my favourite scene, just her taking the robe off. Just yeah, everything blocked from Zadar's massive head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can imagine. I th- I think he still keeps his sports vest on, so he keeps it tasteful. Of course he does. Yeah. Because his torso is awful. <laughs> if you as we've seen from the still images of killing American style. Yeah. <laughs> not sure what's going on with him. Uh, Fujiyama cock blocks him with a call and he leaves instantly. He literally just gets up out of the bed and leaves her naked on the bed. He even takes the quilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my least favourite bit. You'd have thought with everything going on as well, Ken, that uh, Samurai Cop would be busy doing shit. You know, he's just had an att- attempt on his life. He's not safe anywhere. He's Again, he's having attempts on his life all over the place. Yeah. And, and <laughs> from many different angles. But he does have time to go to church. Of course he does. Because um, we know what he's after. He's not after redemption. Yeah, he's after Jenny. Mm. Um, we we go back to he, he, again. He he tells her that he's going to take her back to the police station. He just takes her home. Yeah, because he's a perv. That's what. <laughs> that's a, similar, actually. Um, that's what Ted Bundy used to tell <laughs> women that he was going to take them to police station. Again, it's, and, it's, and look how that turned out. Uh, Fujiyama finds out that Jenny, who's his like girlfriend, I guess, has gone back to Samurai Cop's lair. And uh, he just gets rid of that whole plan of, well, what if they think it's us? And just says to Zidar, go and kill them. We get then a series of um, really horrific scenes, followed by nice scenes of them just like lounging by the pool and having dinner and stuff. Mm, yeah. It's very, very odd cuts. Jenny says, wow, you shouldn't have gone to so much trouble. I had a little look, Ken, about this dinner that they're having. Yeah. There's a bottle of wine on the table. Ooh. Apples and grapes. Uh-huh. A whole cooked chicken. <laughs> yes. And a pot of what looks like vegetables in water. And when When's he made that? Well. When's he prepared that? Samurai Cop boasts about killing his neighbour's chicken. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> He says, if this were um, if this weren't my neighbor's chicken, it would be free. Yeah, he says that he jumped over the fence and killed his neighbor's chicken. <laughs> hey, that used to impress women. Johnson, we get we go to Johnson's house now, and uh, his wife gets her tits out whilst being uh, interrogated. <laughs> yeah, which seems reasonable. <laughs> Johnson, of course, is the uh, the old guy. <laughs> yeah, he's got a very young wife. Yeah, that turned down Peggy's um, request just to fuck in the bushes of a stakeout house. <laughs> yeah, and uh, actually, it was actually quite shocking that Zadar just fucking kills his wife. Yeah, yeah, it was unexpected. <laughs> it was unexpected, especially after the tits. Yeah, yeah, you'd think he'd just be, no, oh, fair news. Yeah, he just fucking kills her, and then yeah. Johnson rushes him, and uh, he gets stabbed. And he gives a fucking great line reading of, of her name. Her name's Sally. And he does, he says, <laughs> he's like, Sa- Sally, and then falls over. <laughs> uh, I, I, is he dead? He probably, you never see him again in the film. Poor old Johnson. Yeah, we well, got to look after you, Johnson. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't fight without your Johnson. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if he's dead or not because you never actually see him for the rest of the film. He gets stabbed in the shoulder. Uh, they don't find out where Samurai Cop lives because the, the whole reason they're there is they're asking Johnson where does he live and he says, I don't know, I don't even really like him. <laughs> Never mind, know him. <laughs> he says, I don't know, why don't you, you know, ask someone else. Yeah. What are you doing in my house? It's a good point. Let me kill your missus, stab you, and then we're going to leave. Yeah, nice tits, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, again, you, so you, you go from Johnson having his wife fucking her neck slit by um, Zadar, which is a surprising scene in this fucking camp 80s uh, action film, to us being totally reminded that it's from the 80s because... 90s. Sa- well, yeah, late 80s, early <laughs> 90s, because... Samurai Cop is wearing uh, his girlfriend's bikini briefs, which we've seen from <laughs> Hard Ticket to Hawaii. That's right. No, nothing nothing says action movie like wearing tiny briefs. Yeah, him, him and uh, actually Jenny are wearing the same briefs. They look exactly the same. Again, yeah. This is the matching pair. Yeah, nice little kiss on the beach. Cut to the partner. <laughs> on the where, sorry? <laughs> beach. Oh, right. oh, sorry, yeah. Cut to the partner who's coming out of the shower. He says, what do you want? We're after information. What information? Information about my butt. <laughs> <laughs> what a comeback. <laughs> Frank's got all the fucking answers, hasn't he? Yeah. They've got the questions. He's got the answers. <laughs> That's Frank. <laughs> it looks like the henchman's wanking him off here. <laughs> he took his his, uh, his towel off and he's holding his dick. But the, the arm movement is not favourable to this henchman. <laughs> And then he gets a knife out and he says, fucking hell. Yeah, this is unnecessary. These are unnecessary scenes, by the way. All of these scenes, in fact, since, since, since this, uh, it's just unnecessary after unnecessary. Ken, what do you think of this, this, this line? Mm-hmm. I could kill you now or I could relieve you of this gift, this black gift. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if it's right. We can laugh at that line. Oh God! And what choice does he give? I mean, what what's the answer to uh, to the options? <laughs> All I'll say it's an odd time to be complimenting him on his dick, isn't it? It's sort of like the- <laughs> I don't know. From what we know of Frank, he's probably thinking, "Oh yeah." He's probably nodding yeah. at the camera. <laughs> he's like that. <laughs> Do you reckon Frank measures from the ground up? <laughs> Poor Frank. If you've not listened but to our Hard Ticket to Hawaii episode, that won't make any sense. No, I say poor Frank, but uh, at the same time, sounds like he's doing all right for himself. Yeah, that's probably the worst—the worst compliment you could get for your penis, isn't it? Well, at, at that particular moment. Yeah, and then he t- he comes up with an, uh, an ingenious idea. He, he tells them that uh, Samurai Cop's address is in the closet. The guy randomly goes in, starts removing coats and looking through the pockets. And as he's doing that, um, Frank gets some scissors and stabs the guy in the neck. The the other the other guy is absolutely useless. He's got a gun and he's just shouting, "Leave him alone!" Like, yeah, because I don't know, maybe he's never used one. Like Yolanda from Pulp Fiction. (laughs) He's not allowed a gun. Jesus Christ! They just he just keeps shouting, "Leave him alone!" until fucking. Frank just takes the gun from the other guy and shoots him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Does absolutely puts us, nothing. Puts us all out of his misery. Yeah. 
And then all of this action is just intercut again with a samurai cop and Jenny having a great time in the pool where she jumps in and he's judging her on a cannonball technique. <laughs> yeah, that's romance for you. <laughs> the best is is saved until uh, until well, actually before that, after he's killed the two um, the two guards, uh, the, the two hitmen that come out for him, he rings a samurai cop to warn him that people are after him. He only rings once. And he doesn't pick up, he's in the pool, and that's it. Yeah, he's like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, he'll, well, I've tried. He'll get the message. We get Zadar and his friends creeping around Peggy's house, like fucking Joe Pesci from Home Alone. <laughs> They're all just staring in windows and creeping around. And then... Um, How Robert Zadar is creeping around anywhere with a head that size, I don't know. This is actually just a fucking brutal scene, because she's cooking up some, well, a shitload of oil in a pan for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what I don't know what the hell she's going to cook in there, and uh, she gets um, spread out onto the table, and he just pours the hot oil onto her stomach. Yeah, you don't get to see it, but uh, it's still it's it's, it's, it's brutal. Again, that. again, it's unnecessary. It's it's like uh, suddenly Robert Starr's taking a lesson in cruelty. Yeah, I and, mean, <laughs> and brutality, and he suddenly thought, well, why not? Yeah, because this this film up until then has been very campy very yeah a bit, bit of a laugh you know people people rolling around and uh we've had an arm cut off yeah and Pe- the actress who plays peggy does a decent job in this bit it's just fucking so yeah. out of place yeah, this yeah. scene yeah she looks like it hurts yeah <laughs> and i don't know whether he was really doing it or not <laughs> maybe he was yeah <laughs> and then she tells him where um samurai cop lives and then he pours the rest of it on her as well yeah Imagine that Fucking hell, that'd be painful. Yeah, yeah, I'll stop doing it if you tell me. Okay, then it's here. Haha, <laughs> only joking. Dead. What I do want to know is how does Zadar know where all of these people live but not Samurai Cop? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone to every single one of their houses but not... And then there's there's just a, a next, like, literally just poured the oil on her again and then you hear her screaming and it cuts from that horrific scene to another horrific scene. It's Samurai Cop in his tiny pants with a little cake singing happy birthday <laughs> to Jenny. It's her birthday. Yeah, and uh, and that's Jenny that he's known for a couple of days at most. And we've just seen Peggy, who he was in uh, relations with, uh, being brutally tortured by Robert Zdar. So, you, you know, you, I don't know. And still nobody kind of thinks that maybe Samurai Cop's a bit of a dick. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just dumped dumped Peggy, who's now been tortured uh, to the point of death, and uh, he's now with somebody else cause, just because he finds them attractive as well. That could be death, couldn't it, that? Pouring hot oil, that, that I, amount I, of hot oil. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine that's... You go into shock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and death would be a blessed relief. Yeah. But yeah, he's singing fucking happy birthday with a cake and he's in, in his little yeah, pants. Yeah, because you haven't even got time to think about what I've just said. <laughs> because he's, he doesn't care. He's out there with another girl. Because he's Samurai Cop and he's got long hair and he's beautiful. But then that, that's when they have their sex scene and that goes on for fucking yeah, ages. That's that bit, horrible. That's far too long. I mean, we're, we're, it got to the point where I was begging for the fucking bad guys to turn up and kill them both because there's a horrible... Oh, man, he just starts kissing her up her torso and his face as he goes off. Oh, my God, it's... Oh, I just... Yeah, less said about enough, it, the better. Enough, yeah. enough, The The partner decides to ring them again and uh, just in time. He tells them they're on the way. Samurai Cop looks out the window and they, there they are. They're sure all, enough, there they are. They're yeah. all clambering out the same car. <laughs> um... He, they quick dress literally in a in a second. They're, they've gone from both wearing the same pants to dressed in their 
double denim and skirt combat. I'll let you make your mind up on who's dressed in what. Uh, he shoots one guy who falls into the pool. No blood, obviously. Probably someone's someone's house, so they can't put fucking blood in the pool. No. Um, Budget restraints. I'll tell you what I did notice about this film, Ken. There's lots of fucking shooting from cover and then going back into cover. That's mm. like 40% of the movies, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's just normal protocol. <laughs> from everyone, <laughs> but it's so boring to watch. <laughs> Jesus. It is if you don't actually hit anyone. Yeah, which they don't. <laughs> yeah, if you're just going to just do that and hit nothing and then just do it again. There's a guy with a shotgun, which is the same shotgun you see in every scene. There's only one, and this guy's got it this time. He's waiting around the corner to shoot um, uh, Samurai Cop, and when Samurai Cop gets around the corner, this guy is miles away, so I don't think this guy really knows how to use a shotgun because <laughs> uh, obviously it's a close-range weapon, shotguns. No, it, it scatters shot. Unless you're Ian Jones of hey. shotgun... Thing. Look, we're not talking about shotgun, all right? We'll do that one. Yeah, they end up getting away basically, and again, it's the same house from the the Japanese from uh, Uncle Mora's house. I think it's the same exterior location. Well, yeah, you can only rent a few houses <laughs> if you've got no money whatsoever. You're making a shit film. Jenny goes instantly back to work. <laughs> I mean, Samurai Cop thinks it's fine. I'll just drop her off at the fucking yeah. Back back to work. Back at your restaurant because uh, no one will ever know. And she's happy. She's really happy. She goes and she has a little chat with her mom about being in love, literally oblivious to the fact that five minutes ago she was nearly killed. And uh, sure enough, Fujiyama walks in and I guess takes her hostage. Who'd have thought? She must have thought she was free from him forever because, you know, his henchman just turned up at a fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) And she thought, well, at least I'm free now. Yeah, she says, well, Fujiyama can go piss up a rope. (laughs) And then he's in the doorway. <laughs> uh, I wish more people said that. Yeah, me yeah. too. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> me I neither. really, I really wish people said that. The police captain is livid. <laughs> yeah, you never guess what he says. <laughs> yeah. He tells Samurai Cop and partner to kill them all, and then they can all hand in their badges together. And uh, <laughs> I love the last line of the captain in the film is this. <laughs> They all nod and say, we're handing our badges together. A lovely moment between them, you know. And uh, the partner, Frank, says, see you, Captain. And then the, the captain says, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't just call him a motherfucker before he said it. Just <laughs> <laughs> shouts at him. So I'll see you in hell. He can't yeah. help but still have a little dig at Frank. Yeah. But then Frank deserves it because there's a shot of him going over the fence in uh, Zadar's house. Well. Well, well, sorry, Samurai Cop goes over the fence. To be honest, the, the captain doesn't do anything, does he? He just says, he says, we're all handing our badges together and then does nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Carl Weathers would have done more, wouldn't he? Well, he'd have actually joined in and then they'd have all gone to hell together. Not just told them to do whatever it takes and then sat back down in his office. See you, Captain. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> yeah, he'd have said that, but he'd have also turned up. In hell. Yeah. Carl Weathers would have He's turned up. He's of his and, word. Carl Weathers would have turned up and he would have been in full camo. Yeah, damn right. You wouldn't even have seen him until he was there, blowing yeah. people away. Who's to say that Carl Weathers wasn't in this film then? <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> Just decided not to kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, which is his discretion. <laughs> if anyone spots Carl Weathers in this film, let us know. It's always at Carl Weathers' discretion whether he kills someone. Badmoviecult at gmail.com. Let us know. Carl, if you're listening. <laughs> if you're in this room with us, oh <laughs> maybe my. we're next. Oh, my God. 
Uh, yeah, so Samurai Cop goes over the top of the wall and uh, <laughs> Frank goes underneath and it takes him ages to get out from yeah, underneath. it looks quite painful, actually, the way he sneaks <laughs> under that fence. <laughs> and he says, why did you come under? And he says, because I'm an undercover cop and then turns and smiles at the camera. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I wish you'd have stamped on his face right there and just said, shut up. Also, uh, something else I noticed about our heroes is that they are fucking awful with the element of surprise because literally as soon as they get anywhere and they they do the shush thing and they're creeping along with their guns, they're instantly spotted and being shot at. Well, yeah, or just shouting sexual innuendos at each other. That's the previous (laughs) secret stakeout, wasn't it? (laughs) That's (laughs) true. Just shouting at each other. That's true. If they they stop talking about their own dicks to each other, they might be all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, who's got the blackest ass? <laughs> right on. There's lots of fucking really bad overacted death scenes in this bit now. Oh, this is brilliant though. That that that's fantastic. There's a massive guy with a shotgun and a white shirt on who yeah. gets shot, <laughs> but refuses to die. Yeah, he falls in installments. This guy. Yeah, he's not he's not dying not from one shot. Yeah, he, he must, must be having a laugh. He must have bad knees or something because yeah, he, he fall the way he falls to die. He like gets onto one knee then. Leans on his gun and then gets down to his next yeah, second knee. There's, there's no way this guy's dying from a, even two shots. Yeah. Oh no, oh no, because he's still going. I've noticed that nothing like this is all taking place in like a tree, like a wooded area, but there's mm-hmm. no trees that are getting hit by bullets or anything. No, no, nothing gets hit. No Perfect buildings, shots. no buildings get hit either. There's there's, there's no ricochets or anything, but uh, many lot missed shots. The wig's back. <laughs> Thankfully, well. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Halfway through this, the wig turns up again for the for when they get inside the house. Um, there's a and Fujiyama turns up and he's he he's got Jenny. He's he's holding her in front of him. He's got the gun I, pointed. I, I like the fact that uh, even though how many months did you say was passed? Seven. Seven months that Fujiyama's not had a haircut. No, he's still got the mullet. <laughs> he's he's maintained the mullet throughout yeah. this seven months. Quite right too, because it's a good look. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just enjoy the fact that only one person involved in this entire film had had a haircut in seven months. I was, uh, I was in the in ASDA the other day. There are obviously other supermarkets available. Thank you. I was in ASDA the other day, and I saw a man who was talking to a woman, and he he was in double denim, and he had the most beautiful mullet. <laughs> Like, like flat top on the top, and then long at the back, and it was um, frosted tips. And uh, I thought to myself, that guy got to that look in the eighties and thought, "This is it now. This is me." Wow. Yeah. I, d- I didn't. I didn't see, but I, I bet he had like Brett the Hitman heart shades. <laughs> <laughs> just, just tucked in his his shirt. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's what <laughs> just that just what you reminded me of there. What you were saying then. <laughs> yeah. Fujiyama, he's got Jenny and he walks backwards with a gun pointed and the camera follows him and he walks in front uh, behind a statue that's in the foreground and the rest of the scene takes place with them behind this statue. <laughs> so that was good uh, good directing there from Amir. Good bit of blocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all that's already happened of course with Robert Starr's massive head getting in the way. Uh if you remember um Samurai Cop's awful attempt at arresting Uncle Mora earlier mm. on in the film where he shouts freeze. Yeah. Before he's even in the room, um, Fujiyama starts walking forward towards Samurai Cop. And if uh, Frank had kept his fucking mouth shut, he'd have had the perfect line of sight to shoot him. Yeah, clean shot. Yeah. 
But instead, he, again, he says, freeze or hold it or something like that and just stops himself from having that shot. It's like, you two are fucking useless. They're the best cops they've got. Yeah. <laughs> the ends up, yeah, obviously, guy from San Diego. Yeah, he tells his he tells um, Samurai Cop's partner to to get round and uh, alongside Samurai Cop, and uh, uh, Jenny gets knocked out of the way, and he ends up shooting. Oh no, sorry, he uh, he tells him to lower his weapons, and then Samurai Cop tells Frank, "Yeah, you need to lower your weapon," and then um, Fujiyama, Fujiyama just shoots Frank. Yeah. Which is against the code, really. Yeah. I mean, he has lowered his weapon, which is what he asked him to do, or he, he would shoot him. He lowered his weapon, and he did shoot him. He says, you you Americans and your cinnamon, I believe he says. Yeah, I think I think he says sentiment. Oh. Or sediment. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, maybe it is <laughs> yeah. sediment. I don't know. It, any of those three. Just p- pick whichever one sounds more plausible at this point. You see, the problem with American cops and... With it's, us, it's, it's sediment. Sediment, <laughs> <laughs> and then he shoots Frank. Frank f- falls f- to the floor. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. majestically falling. And then he knocks um, Jenny out of the way. He goes to shoot um, Samurai Cop, who's not reacted at all to the fact that his partner's no, he, just been he, shot. He's just stood still, looking at him. Jenny runs back, stops him from shooting. He knocks her back again, and then Frank's up, and he's shot Fujiyama, and Fujiyama's down. Mm. Turns out Frank, he's outsmarted him. He's got a bulletproof. He had sediment. Yeah. He had a sediment proof vest. Yeah. And he, he, he mentions it's kind of like, a, oh, I, he thought he was smarter than me, but he's not. We just think, look, you've got a bulletproof vest on. Just open your shirt like every other person. And when they get shot and they're not dead, just open your shirt to show us you've got a vest on. He doesn't even do that. No, he doesn't. They probably he couldn't afford us. a vest, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> and, which is why they go through the long-winded way of, I'm wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, we know Frank. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you, if you're a policeman going going after, you know, uh, the Katana gang, the Katana gang, you're going to be wearing a vest. It's not. It would be common knowledge, you would have thought. But anyway, uh, Samurai Cop, we, we think it's all over. Samurai Cop says, no, he's got unfinished business yeah. with Robert I, I certainly thought it was all over. And at this point, this is when we find, This is when I found out he's, uh, Robert Zadar's name is Yamashita. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, old Japanese Robert, which is what Yamashita is translated as. Yeah, he gets to Robert Zadar's house. Again, I don't know how he knows where Robert Zadar lives, but he gets to his house and uh, the guard patrolling, yeah, picture this, Ken, mm-hmm. rugby shirt. Yeah. Acid wash blue jeans. Yes. White sneakers. Oh, samurai sword. Of course. He's walking around. The guy who's on perimeter watch is walking around with a samurai sword. Yeah, that's that's good to stop long distance attackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to shoot him from cover again. Uh, the guy in the with the fucking samurai sword again, the same thing as before. Yeah, where he gets shot a couple of times. He gets yeah. shot. It's the same joke. I don't think it's a joke. Yeah, I think they're just getting their money's worth. There's also a shot of a guy climbing onto a, onto the roof, and it takes ages for him to get up there. Mm. <laughs> and That's I don't a know difficult why. climb. Yeah, I guess they're just showing off the fact this guy can can leap to the can top climb. of a, yeah <laughs> things, but not actually that well as it turns out. And as soon as he gets up there, uh, Samurai Cop just shoots him. Well, maybe maybe in his interview he would say, "Can you climb onto roofs?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah, and they said it's good enough for us. And he did it once for him. He thought, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then, so that's not bad. Let's film him. 
yeah. in one take. Yeah, and he did it. It wasn't quite as good, but they thought, fuck it, we'll leave yeah, it in. Yeah, well, we've paid him. But he gets killed as soon as he gets onto the top of the roof, so he'll immediately regret that decision. What I like about this is after this gunfight, it turns out Zadar wasn't even there. He turns up now <laughs> in his Jeep. <laughs> Yeah, they hate it when you get to the bad guy's house before he's even home. <laughs> he turns up just in time to see uh, Samurai Cop kill his girlfriend who's yeah. shooting at him. That's a shame. Yeah, you're It mate. is a shame, yeah. Five minutes from the end of the film, we finally get a fucking sword fight, which is the whole reason he's called Samurai Cop, is to watch him um, have this sword fight. Wield his sword. And I wish they'd just fucking left it out, to be honest. <laughs> There's lots of sped up sword play before the fight uh, Zadar looking particularly bad yeah he, he gives us a um, samurai cop himself gives us some incredible sword play solo, solo play obviously because uh, he's just spinning it round a little bit and uh, then we get Robert Zadar who doesn't bother doing any of the spinny stuff and just sort of waves his sword about in yeah. front of himself <laughs> And, you know, as we were saying before, you know, this sort of stuff is in films like this because the main guy who they've cast is good with this, like, you know, they're, yeah. they're good with swords and things like that. But um, the actual trivia says that um, the guy who plays Samurai Cop had never done anything with swords before he did this film. And it does show because the choreography, again, for this this last fight is fucking awful. I think at one point, Samurai Cop elbows Robert Zadar in the face for real. <laughs> Could you see Zadar's reaction? Yeah, that's after I think I think Robert Zadar elbows him in the sternum about eight times in a row because yeah. <laughs> they're in the sort of some sort of uh, sword lock, and uh, yeah, he just elbows him about eight times, and then he just elbows him in the face. Maybe he actually caught him. It looked like he did. Maybe, no, but maybe Zadar caught him with that last oh. one, and maybe he actually did that on purpose. That's yeah. just me. That's just me. I've got no trivia on that. Zadar screams like a girl in this scene. I mean, if you're the main bad guy at the end, you probably don't want to be doing that. I understand. Yeah, but he's a massive face man. Yeah, that's probably why. Being then, hit in the big face, that's got to hurt. Yeah, plus, with a face that big, you probably don't want to get into many fights because no. it's an easy target. It's like Sniper's Dream. <laughs> yeah. And I also love that the fact that his, he's got a wig in this scene. <laughs> this is your main fight scene, and your main guy's got a female wig on. <laughs> He, uh, he chokes Zadar for a little bit until he falls to the ground and Zadar admits defeat after this. Mm. It's exactly the same thing he did to Uncle Mori. He does yeah. to Zadar. He does this. He pulls his head back a little bit and then he falls to the ground and he uh, he tells him to kill me. Yeah, devastating move though, the head tilt. <laughs> samurai cop, he goes to kill him. He goes to kill him with a samurai sword and his partner jumps out of a bush and says... Uh, you're a cop. <laughs> Samurai Cop says you're right and just... I, I thought he jumped out and showed you're a cock. <laughs> yeah. uh, Samurai Cop decides, yeah, you're right, I am a cop. That's the second part of my name, yeah. the first being yeah. Samurai. And he doesn't kill him, so Zadar, of course, kills himself <laughs> with a tiny <laughs> knife from his boot. Yeah, which is the way of the Samurai. Yeah, as, uh, Samurai uh, Cop says... Yeah. Um, well, actually, uh, the partner sees it and goes, oh, my God, goes to help him. And um, Samurai Cop stops him and says, he's Samurai. He wants to die with honour. Even though through the whole fucking film, he has no honour whatsoever. No, he's burnt women. <laughs> he's burnt <laughs> women. Uh, he's a drug dealer. Yeah. He's, he's he's killed his own men. Yeah, it's very odd. However, and he's also not Japanese. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. 
How dare you? His name is Yamashita. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's Robert Starr. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if that was his name in the film. Like it Carl should Weathers. have been. Yeah. It should have been. One last shot of, uh, just again, it just a random cutaway. One last shot of uh, Samurai Cop walking along the beach and smooching with Jenny. He's doesn't give a fuck about Peggy. He's Poor fighting old for her Peggy. life. Poor old Peggy. She's either dead or fighting for her life. They're She's in disfigured. He's got no use for her. Yeah, they're in matching uh, Speedos and they're kissing on and smooching. And that's the end of the film. I don't think it would have been better end if it was him and Frank walking along the beach. <laughs> in matching bikinis. Matching bikinis, kissing and a smooching. And also the police chief. Along with them, they're all in my, every single main he's, main he's, character. He's in the background flying a kite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just bikini bottoms, but also his tie. Yeah, because he's a captain, and that's get, that's what gets respect. Fujiyama and uh, Yamashito are also there in bikinis, but dead on the beach. <laughs> I was going to say they they could be like in spirit form. In, oh yeah, in, like, in the corner, like Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. also in bikini bottoms. <laughs> Just looking at each other and nodding. Yeah. <laughs> That'd have been a good ending. Now would Johnson looking very stern, but also with bikini bottoms on. <laughs> yeah. And his his wife with his tits out. Yeah, perhaps some um some uh, sunblock on his nose. Yeah. And well, a hanky on his he's, head. He's on the beach. <laughs> he's on vacation. <laughs> Pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that's the whole our whole review of Samurai. That's Club. the whole film. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Uh, there's a sequel, 2015 Samurai Cop 2 Deadly Vengeance. Uh, Ooh, that's the worst kind of vengeance. Um, Matt Caridus, I guess his name is now. He did change it at one point. He's back. Uh, people actually thought he died because <laughs> there was someone called Matt Hannon who had died around in the early 90s and people just assumed it was him. <laughs> but it actually wasn't. He changed his name in the early 90s. Uh, he's back. Um, and he was actually unaware of Samurai Cop sort of cult status until very, very recently. No chance. He was. Um, he posted a YouTube because his, his daughter said that this is like a cult thing now and people think you're dead. So he posted a, a video on YouTube saying, oh, hello, I'm still alive. Did he wear a wig? No, he's got his long hair back now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's back again. Um, his partner, the guy who played the partner, Frank, he's back. Um, Melissa Moore, who played um, Peggy, she's in it. Uncle Mora, he's back as himself. <laughs> this is very odd. Yeah. What an odd casting. I'd say who else is in it, though. Your mate, Bay Ling from The Crow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in it. Excellent. Porn star Caden Cross as Jenny. They obviously couldn't get the original Jenny back. She's no, probably too old that's anyway. That's fine, though. Porn stars are fine. Uh, Tommy Wiseau plays the main man, yeah, the yeah. main bad guy. Yeah, our favourite Tommy Wiseau, and of course Joe Estevez as Captain Robert Harmon. Yes, we said he was going to get a mention, and he does now. Yeah, I've actually seen this film, and I can't really remember much of it at all. Yeah, I apart mean, apart from Tommy Wiseau shouting about his dead father uh, next to a photograph of a woman. Is <laughs> is it like uh, Matt Berry in IT Crowd? Not, not quite. No, yeah. it's it's a little bit more over the top. <laughs> if <laughs> you, you can, can imagine that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Robert yeah. Zadar was supposed to uh, be back in this film, but died during production, and the film is dedicated to him. Quite right too. Also, it is a little snippet. I don't know if you know this, Ken. Tommy Wiseau has a film out next year. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you want to hear about it? Yes, I please. I thought I'd add it, add it yes, to this. Yes, Because we're talking about Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. His next film is called Big Shark. <laughs> What's that about? 
this? Well, I'm glad you've asked because someone did ask him this and his response was, it stars myself, mm-hmm. Greg Sestero, which is the guy from The Room who's with him, Isaiah Laborde, and a big shark. And that was his whole review. <laughs> that was his whole selling point. Well. That... To be released next year. Yep, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Alive. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Yeah, so in lieu of uh, of the usual film pitch, we're going to go to some viewers' questions. I'm going to throw it, Ken. We'll both answer. Um, uh, but there is some... <laughs> of course, we'll point out that Dom's had time to read these questions yeah. and probably prepare an answer, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, so as I say, thank you uh, for, for sending in your questions. I've had one question, and I'll ask it at the end. I will say that if you if you do send in a question, please do add your name because we don't want to just read out (laughs) random questions, private emails, (laughs) email addresses. (laughs) We'll start with this one, I guess, and I I can feel answer this if you don't want to, Ken. Uh, (laughs) If I don't want to, is it personal? Kind of. Um, How big? No, it's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'd gladly answer that. It's... um... Negligible. How did you guys meet and why did you decide to do this podcast? Well, that is interesting. Well, uh, to start off, we met... Uh, working together about, I don't even know how long ago it was. 14 years. 14 years ago. Me and me and Ken met 14 years ago working for the same company. Uh, at uh, Fridays, we used to go out drinking. Everyone at the office would go out at the end of the, at the, end of the week. We'd go out for a beer at the, the local. And I think I'd bought uh, a Megadeth CD or two or something like that, like a bunch of CDs and Megadeth is on the top. And Ken noticed it, and, and we started chatting about that. And then just I don't I don't, can't even remember how we we both found out that we liked bad movies. Really, no idea. I no. think maybe Ken had quoted something, and I had said, "Oh, that's from this." And it could sort of just went from there, really. And uh, what is that? That's correct, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, I I used to I used to watch bad movies from a long, long time back. Um, and I actually, I was lucky enough to work with somebody else who also liked bad movies prior to to moving up to uh, Stafford. And yeah, and we, we used to just leave each other films then and, uh, and then move, moved here, found someone else as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you attract your own. It's <laughs> yeah. something you just give out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, and um, we 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 did. We started talking about music, as as Dom says. And uh, it was just mainly through Ken. You know, Ken would sort of quote a film or something like that. Very in the in the vein of the Babysitter. He would not not stop quoting fucking <laughs> films. No, he would. He would mention a random film or stuff like that, and I would say, "Oh, that's from this." And then it, we it got around to just recommending films to each other. That eventually led to we would text each other, "Oh, this is on the Horror Channel now," and. I think the idea mainly for the podcast came from us texting each other as films are playing. We would just text funny things to each other as like a Chuck Norris film would be on and things like mm. that was the initial idea for it. And then it mainly came in during this lockdown period, you know, that a lot of free time for both of us um, would well, make more more for me than Ken, I guess. But yeah, um, I was very busy <laughs> throughout the whole time. Uh, just before lockdown, we, we'd met at the pub and I was talking with the idea of doing a podcast anyway, because I, I listen to a few movie podcasts and stuff like that that I enjoy. And, uh, you know, I do enjoy talking about horror and bad movies. So does Ken. So I thought we might as well just just record it, put it out as a podcast, something to do during lockdown as well. Um, and uh, yeah, here we are. What do you, is anything incorrect there, Kenneth? 
No, I I actually had it suggested to me uh, about three or four years ago, and I did absolutely nothing with it whatsoever. But because um, uh, the Facebook group um, used to be called uh, "This Film Is Shit," um, I don't know. I thought it was quite a good name, but uh, Dom decided uh, it should change. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just basically I've, I've been doing that, and I think I had a Facebook reminder actually from 2013. And all I'd written as my status was, this film is shit. And I think maybe that's why I created a group called that. Um, and somebody, somebody said, I used to just write my uh, reviews on, which were obviously derogatory to the film, but fun. And uh, somebody did say to me, uh, I think it was Christmas Day. We went to the pub Christmas Day a few years ago. Uh, it was uh, I went with Dave and Chris. Uh, just a little name check there in case they're listening, thinking <laughs> you could have told us. Um, yeah, and he just said, you, you know, you should you should record stuff. And I thought, who the hell is going to want to listen to me talk rubbish about films? And I'm still wondering it now. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, as Dom said, he he, he was there. He's, he's thinking it. He brought it up. And uh, yeah, he only had to ask once. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as he asked, it was just like, yeah, 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 I'm in. I remember, I remember sort of um, spitballing the idea to my girlfriend and. Uh, and saying that, you know, I definitely want to do this podcast and the only way I'm going to do it is if Ken does it because if he doesn't do it, there's no point. So, and thankfully he said yes and here we are. What a beautiful story. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? It's heartwarming, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, <laughs> okay, hurry up because I'm tearing up. <laughs> <laughs> who is your favourite oiled up muscular woman in films? I'm assuming this is aimed at you. Oh, that is a... That's a very, That's very good from question. That's St- from uh, Steezy, who also uh, <laughs> dropped us a review on iTunes, so thank you for that. Well, thank you, Steezy. Well, Five-star review, so... He... Well, I'd, I'd be an absolute bastard not to answer that question. They want to know, I? your favourite oiled-up muscular woman in film. <sighs> Mainstream film, Ken, not oh, pornography. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, well, that cuts it off. Well, obviously, you've got, you've got Cynthia Rothrock. Uh, not often oiled up, but still an absolute badass... Um, again, I don't know. You see, see, oiled up is one thing, but I I do like a a, a strong and powerful woman, Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, Bridget Rocky, Nielsen. Rocky Four. Yeah, she's good in that. She's good actually in Cobra as well, even though she's supposed to be playing the uh, weak weak woman that Cobra has to protect. Um, <laughs> she looks like she could probably just beat uh, Stallone up in Cobra. Yeah. I, it changes every time I see one. <laughs> every time I see one, they're my new favourite. Uh, obviously, Corey Everson from uh, Double Impact. Very good in that. I like that. I also used to quite fancy China from the wrestling, even though she had a bit of uh, mannish quality to her. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, you're just going to get me thinking about all kinds of different <laughs> things now. It could go on forever. Um what was your first So Bad It's Good movie? What made you fall in love with the genre and why is it so popular? I don't know if it is that popular, is it? <laughs> I suppose it is. I think it's only popular with people that used to watch them for real. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I, and certainly I didn't, ever think that films were bad at the time. Like we've, we've done, we've, we've, well, we've discussed the uh, Van Damme films, we've discussed the... Um, Cynthia Rothrock films they are, they're bad films but they're fun films and at the time they were actually just good films um, I know I keep going back to the 
action film because that's just the easiest one. Horror films, I don't know. I don't know if anyone actually ever thought they were bad films at the time. Mm. I should I should have tacked on. There was another separate question. That's uh, what some of the factors that good bad movies share with each other. How do you distinguish them from? How do you, how do you distinguish between good bad and just bad movies? So it's it's kind of all wrapped in itself. And I think bad movies. I mean, like Manos is is bad with one character that kind of makes it good bad because Torgo is just and and almost just the un, how unself aware Hal Warren is. Yeah. Almost makes that a good bad movie. I, I think it's Virgin on the edge of just bad though. Play, playing it Boring, straight, I guess. playing it straight's a good one. Yeah. If you play it straight and it's just ridiculous, that 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 leans towards being a good one. Yeah. Whereas I suppose something like we we did the Babysitter two recently, that is just bad because they they they're fully aware of what they're trying to do and winking at us constantly. Yeah, I would also say the Sharktopus, um, not Sharktopus, Sharknado. Yeah. yeah, that they they went that way. They went to be so look at us, aren't we crazy? That it just got yeah, but boring. Yeah, and just got to be bad. I didn't even see any of them. I think I only watched two of them. Um, first one was okay. It was a bit of fun. Second one was just like, how many cameos can we cram into this film yeah, for like, no reason whatsoever? Didn't and then after that, it was that just like well. pointless. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah. There's a lot more nudity in piranhas. Yeah, so. and I also think boring as well um, with with bad movies. Bad movies that have no no you know if you have a bad actor in it that delivers lines just really badly, it's funny. If you just have boring stories and boring actors, I think that's bad as well. There's got to be some sort of entertainment. Any any if you derive entertainment from any of these bad movies, it's a good bad movie. I think. I, I would say if uh, if any of you out there haven't seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, watch that series yeah. that that is pretty much that sums up everything that's enjoyable about bad movies it it really does it hits the nail on the head it, it's it's all done deliberately and it's all absolutely fantastic yeah and if you've seen sort of 70s 80s italian horror that's pretty much dark place absolutely nails everything about those films that are really badly dubbed and the, the gravestones move in the wind and long shots of people walking from the from the background to the foreground with no music playing they have all of that stuff and i think that might have actually been you know i think that actually might have been the first thing you lent me actually yeah it, it really it, it's just fantastic i said it hits the nail on the head that to me was pretty much everything that i'd been watching for a long long time because i was watching a lot of the old uh, italian cannibal films the horror the zombie uh, films the action films obviously all came into it and this this tv show just wrapped all of that up in one and uh, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious i'm laughing now just thinking about bits from that film uh, yeah. from that series sorry <laughs> it's, it's such a brilliant tv show and we actually met matt berry <laughs> he was touring with his <laughs> yes, he, we did, his yeah. band matt, Mer uh, matt berry and the maypoles we we watched we, we went and watched him in birmingham and, and met him after the show and um I sort of told him, you know, how much I loved Dark Place and uh, had a picture with it. Well, I have a picture and a video <laughs> with him because Ken, we'd been drinking um, <laughs> probably from about noon. <laughs> and this was about 10 p.m. at night by this point. So I was having a picture with Matt Berry 
uh, almost look identical to him in the picture. <laughs> but before the picture, he, which incidentally, the picture has no lighting in it because Ken didn't put the flash on. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> um, Ken's got a perfect picture of him and Matt Berry, whereas I have got a darkened picture where we kind of look the same. And uh, before that, Ken was taking a video. So Ken on his phone has a sort of five second clip of me and Matt Berry just staring at him. <laughs> yeah. It's a lovely clip. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Smile. <laughs> and I'll video you for a few seconds. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I'm glad that you said, oh, actually, now I've done this. Let me take the picture. Because if you'd have took the video and gone, oh, shit, oh, well, and just left it, that would have been really fucking annoying. But, yeah, I remember meeting Matt Berry and telling him about Dark Place. I didn't say anything to him. I was scared shitless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just said hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we queued up for ages. We were the last two in the queue as well. Yeah, so it probably explains his, his dismissiveness of, <laughs> of the two of us as drunken lunatics. Uh, I, th- I think that'll, that'll do. We've, we've got some more, but we'll save them for the next podcast. Um, you, you said you had a question? <laughs> yeah, I asked my son if he'd got a question, and uh, his question was, why? <laughs> <laughs> And my answer is, why not? Very good. Let's hope he's listening. <laughs> he better be. Yeah, I'll give him the thrashing of his life. <laughs> and with that, we will bring this episode of the with Bad that Movie threat Cult... threat of domestic abuse. <laughs> we will bring this episode of the Bad Movie Cult to a close. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, as always, to Ken B. Wilde for joining me. Thank you. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, which we'll read out as we've done here on the podcast, please do get in touch. Again, follow us, social media. We're all over social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Join the Facebook discussion group where we, we, we talk about you know films that aren't mentioned on this podcast and aren't mentioned on the reviews on the site. You can also see written reviews. You can see uh, previous episodes of this podcast, bonus content. It's on our website, uh, badmoviecult.com. Uh, this podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. We're also on YouTube, by the way. We have a YouTube channel. At the minute, it's just the uh, the podcast episodes, but we are looking to um, add more content, which is going to be going up throughout, which will just be available on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button, leave us a positive review or rating. It really is a massive help to us, and it helps uh, the Bad Movie Call get discovered by new listeners. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then... Uh, thank you for listening and bye for now. Goodbye. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. Dominic Lawton. Ken Be Wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. like somebody stuck a big club up my ass and it hurts we've got to figure out a way to get it out of there